The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Burial the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is keeping it strong style With your host Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Jeremy Donovan alongside the young boy, Josh Smith. want to thank you once again for downloading and listening to another week of Keeping It Strong Style. On today's show, we'll be giving you our predictions for the New Japan Cup, as well as talk about our New Japan Cup uh, bracket contest and all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Make sure you support the Social Suplex Podcast Network by subscribing on the podcast podcasting app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcast archives and our columns at socialsuplex.com and go to socialsuplex.com forward slash subscribe and you can sign up to get the podcast and columns delivered directly to your email inbox. Josh, are you ready for New Japan Cup? Are you ready? <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, I'm ready. I was born ready, man. Yeah, man. I'm excited about this show. I am too. So we had the great idea of doing a New Japan Cup bracket contest. You, you know what's great about that, though? We put that tweet out. Uh, well, was it a tweet? No. We, originally, we posted it on New Japan Reddit. Yeah, we put And then it we threw Reddit. it in the uh, Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group and on our Twitter, at KI Strong Style. But you know what it was? was like we all week, like, we hadn't really talked about what we were going to do for the show. And then we're like, well, we should probably talk about our brackets. And I was like, what if we, you were like, what if we did a contest? And I was like, yeah, what if we had everyone send in their brackets? Whoever's the most, uh, you know, accurate wins, you know, a prize. And then you're like, yeah, let's do that. And I was like, I'm posting it right now. So we're out here calling it in the ring, ladies. Calling it on the fly, man. (laughs) This was not like a, it, it was literally like from the time we posted it, that idea had only been born mere minutes before we posted well, it. Well, that's how we do everything, because keeping it strong style was came out of an idea that that birthed in like a few few minutes. We got done watching a show. Let's do a New Japan podcast, and boom, next thing you know, the next week we're dropping this fire. Yeah, hot fire. I just want to thank everybody. Like, my name is Dylan. <laughs> Rumpa-tum-tum, rumpa-tum-ting. This is how Dylan sings. Dylan, 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 Dylan. I spit out fire, yo. I rhyme and I rip. I rip and I rap. Oh, man. But, Shout out to all those uh, Dave Chappelle fans out there. Right. Nobody else. <laughs> hope, hopefully people have seen Chappelle's show. Oh, if you haven't, you got to watch the uh, Making the Band 2 uh, episode with Dylan. It's, uh, it's classic. But yeah, I just want to thank everybody that's been uh, giving us p- feedback. We've been getting a lot of positive feedback yeah. on the show. You guys saying you love the show, that you're listening every week and downloading. We really appreciate that. So, you know, keep on listening. 
tell a friend and help us grow this show. Yeah, it's it's really uh, like humbling to hear that people like the show because, you know, we we're just two regular guys that like New Japan Pro Wrestling. I mean, we work you know nine to five jobs, and this is just something the fun that we get to do every week. We're like. Man, getting to talk about New Japan for an hour. We already do that. Like, let's just put it on tape. You exactly, know? yeah. But the fact that you guys appreciate what we're doing and that you dig our stuff, it's always like, man, there's people. I mean, week after week after week, our, our uh, audience is growing. In fact, this past week was our most downloaded and listened to episode ever. Yeah. It, it outdid our Wrestle Kingdom episode. Right. And February was our most downloaded month for this show. Yeah, it was. So, man, you guys are coming in strong. I mean, we we're also overwhelmed with all the people that sent in their New Japan Cup brackets. Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. But first, we need to talk about, uh, we want to name the February Wrestler of the Month and the February Match of the Month. And this is something we don't take lightly. We... <laughs> We've had numerous discussions on who who it should be, what match it should be. We've rewatched matches numerous times. It should be something we do take lightly, but for whatever reason, we don't. And I, <laughs> like, I think, we've been discussing it so in depth, like it's kind of ridiculous. Like it's like the final four or something like that. And I feel like you've been a little bit more serious than me. You were like, oh, bro, I'm super analytical. That's you were why. like stressed out about it. You were like, I know because I'm super <laughs> analytical. Like I. Man, when I when it comes to like lists and uh, match comparisons and ratings, like I I'm like just so analytical. I'm like, all right, if I'm gonna do this, it's gotta be right. Like I don't wanna I don't wanna come on the air and be like, yo, uh, you know, I don't know, like like who, uh, Beer City Bruiser was the wrestler of the month, and then we get flamed online. Like, no, nah. we, oh, we gotta name the wrestler of the, the month. The wrestler of the month, the match of the month. So, this is for February. February, we had the uh, new beginning in Osaka and the Road 2 shows, and then there's also Honor Rising, and then the untelevised Australia shows. Yeah, with that being said, I do reserve the right to go back retroactively and give a new answer for these for the, the wrestler of the month and the match of the month. If there was something that was fire on the Australia tour that we don't know about, I will re- retroactively award it. Right. Only because New Japan's going to be airing them, so... Right. So... We'll could, see. Something could change our minds, but... We'll go off base of what we've seen so far. It's basically just five shows. Right. And uh, also to recap, our January Wrestler of the Month was Minoru Suzuki. The match of the month was Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom. Alpha versus Omega, yeah. yeah. All right. So February, match of the month. Okay. Do, do we want to just say what the three matches were that we kind of considered? Yeah. Because I think there's really only three that it really came down to, right? Right. It came down to... Uh, Will Ospreay versus Hiromu Takahashi for the junior title. Yep, at New Beginning in Osaka. Right. And then from the same card, uh, the IWGP World Champion, well, it's the IWGP Heavyweight Championship between uh, Kazushika Okada and Sonata. And then the third one was from night two of Honor Rising, the tag team match between the Golden Lovers and Marty Skrull and and Cody. Yeah. So, yeah, all three of these matches, really great. I actually uh, rated, uh, I think all three of them just about the same. I might have rated the tag team match just a smidge less. Yeah, same here. Like, if if it could be, like, a portion of a quarter star, maybe, like, a little (laughs) bit less. (laughs) 
I don't know. We're gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into a decimal system here. But uh, uh so four point seven five two. So the real dilemma though, it really came down to what two matches for us, right? Right. I mean eventually it broke down between Osprey and Takahashi and Okada and Sonata. Yeah, and when we originally watched these matches, I had thought that the I preferred the Sonata uh, Okada match. And you preferred the... Um, Osprey-Takahashi match. Okay, so talk about why you like that match better. So I like the Osprey match better. I mean, there's just so much innovative offense in that match. And those guys were killing each other. All the insane spots and moves in that match. It's like, it was like the next level, level of uh, junior wrestling. And those guys really put their bodies on the line, put it all on the line. Um... For this for this matchup for the junior title, mm-hmm. yeah, I think when uh, you know we knew that these guys were gonna blow it out of the water. They had a great match at Best of Super Juniors last year, and then we we talked about it before we've seen them on tour, go, going all the way back to December since like Tag League and maybe even a little bit before then. So I mean, this has just been building and building. So um, you know, we and every time we see, saw these guys interact, we knew that they had something special. So we we knew that this match was plus like those. You know, it's Hiromu and it's Will Ospreay. Right. I mean, how could that not be good? And you know what's another reason why I like this match better? Why? Because I predicted it correctly, and you <laughs> and Rich didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was the only one that predicted Ospreay would retain the title. Man, you're such an unbiased journalist. <laughs> Remember that call last year at Dominion? Don't expect me to be unbiased when you got my family in yeah. there. <laughs> Don Cal is oh, so funny. Man. Oh my god. So anyway, so when we initially watched these matches, I preferred the uh, Okada-Sonata match. And I think probably a lot of that has to do with it being a live watching. The fact that the storytelling was so nuanced and so smartly laid out. And although it might not have had the... I don't want to say physicality, but maybe like the danger or the high spots that the uh, junior match had. The drama and the storytelling were maybe higher, actually, um, than the and taking nothing away from the junior match. Um, I think we both ended up saying that these matches were around four and a half. Right. I rated both matches the same, and uh, Dave Meltzer also rated both matches the same. Yeah, I'm higher though. Yeah, he, he had, had them like at four point seven five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, we both rated these matches the same, but I just like the Osprey matches a little bit better uh, than the Okada match. For me, uh, what it came down to was when I watched it originally, I was just so blown away at how they were able to take a match that the result was a foregone conclusion. We knew from the get-go Okada was going to retain, and I think anyone that was predicting pretty much knew that too. And then by the end of it, you were like jumping out of your seat because you were like, oh my God, this man Sonata is about to win the title. And the story they told was that had he not tweaked his knee just a bit and had he not made a couple mistakes, he would have won that belt. But, you know, he didn't uh, he didn't have the right game plan to overcome Okada, who's the best in the world. So that was just like amazing. The, 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 the near falls, the finishing sequence, which is kind of where I felt like the the junior match lacked a bit even though it had near right. falls it was like the the like the uh, finishing sequence kind of killed it just a little bit it did like Osprey went for the that beheader like back uh, backhand slap move thing to the yeah. back of the head and like there was like no well, it's, reaction it's an elbow yeah it's a it's a back elbow it's, it's actually pretty 
dangerous. The way he hits it's pretty crazy. There was no reaction for that. and then I, like, I don't think he built it enough, you know what I mean? Like, right. He didn't tease what he was doing and let everyone really know. It kind of came out of nowhere, and I don't think that the New Japan crowd in Osaka was aware that that was such a devastating move for him or a signature or anything. You kind of have to clue the people in, you know what I mean? Right, and then he like hit the off uh, cutter out of nowhere. Yeah, and it... And the other thing, too, is that there was a lot... Taking nothing away from that match, it's not like there wasn't near falls, but in the uh, the Okada and Sonata match, the drama of the near falls, how it built and it crescendoed, whereas this one, it was like, near fall, near fall, near fall. Right, and then it also... Was like, it was like, 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 I don't know, like... Uh, what do they call it when the cars like all crash into each other? Like, oh, like a demolition derby. Like a demolition derby, yeah. And also in the Okada match, there was the uh, drama of the uh, skull and the submission attempts. He put them in the skull in like what four times? Four times. Two of them were like in deep, but yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, but with that being said, when we thought about this, and I was like, you know what, I don't know which one's better, and I heard everyone's review, and almost everybody said tended to lean just slightly towards the junior match. I was like, well, I've got to rewatch this match. And I rewatched it twice. And both times I watched it, I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Like the danger of what these guys were doing and what they put their bodies through was on so much more of a higher level than most like junior matches. Maybe it shouldn't even be (laughs) (laughs) like, it's pretty, it's crazy what they, I mean, there's only so many of those, you know, jumping sentons off the top rope that Hiromu can do. There's only so many like flip over power bombs to the outside. Like that, yeah, that's only crazy. so many like crazy flippy stuff that Osprey can do. Yeah, I don't know how Osprey does half the stuff he does. Like it's nuts. And when I rewatched that, <clears throat> some of the things that were flawed in the match still stuck out to me. I mean, they didn't go away. I did think that it opened hot, had a dragging moment, and then went into big finishing sequences, mm-hmm. and then just kind of ended abruptly. Um, so I didn't love the psychology of it, but for like being this crazy spectacle that it was and trust me it's a crazy spectacle I have to go with that match because when I compared it to the Okada and Sonata match the Okada Sonata match is still a great match but when I rewatched it A because I already probably knew who was winning it took me out of it just a bit but B it also was like kind of hard to get through the second time like kind of laborious yeah um, it's a little bit slower and I mean of course it's heavyweight wrestling but right and they had to go slower following that junior match well, well Goto, the, the, Goto no, the never it. match was there yeah, yeah Goto killed that <laughs> <laughs> but no it, and again taking nothing away from it I think we had some criticisms of both matches the first time we ended up with you know saying they're both great matches but upon the rewatch for what for how great the storytelling is in the main event and it's great it's top class the physicality of that junior match is like unparalleled yeah and because of that i've got to go with that match right so the february match of the month will osprey versus hiromu takahashi for the iwgp junior heavyweight championship from new beginning in osaka yeah so now the wrestler of the month the wrestler of the month for february so there's a lot of guys that had like pretty good months you know we could talk about them like let's start off you know we thought a lot about the golden lovers right omega and uh, ibushi you know just because even though they only wrestled twice we don't, we were only working really from five shows and they headlined two of the shows they did take a loss the first night but neither of them got pinned but the the pop and the heat and you know yeah i mean 
their <clears throat> the reaction they got was uh, incredible. Then you know you had the documentary that came out. They're the hottest thing all month, right? I mean, there was so much hype. I mean, their WrestleCon match got announced, and there was just like so much hype, like yeah. with the Golden Lovers. So I mean, they were definitely um, contenders for Wrestler of the Month. I just didn't think we saw enough of them to really come out and say like, hey, this is what they succeeded at. This is what they did. I think if they'd had a little bit of a longer month, then if they're they're right there in the running. Right. Um, another guy that had a fantastic month and he's a little under the radar is Hangman Page. Right. He uh, pinned the U.S. champion at uh, was that night two of Honor Rising. Yeah, he pinned him clean. Yeah, with the uh, rite of passage. Yeah, and he got the main event win the night before, and when he pinned uh, Chase Owens with the rite of passage. Right. And then. Um, I think it was the previous tour. Um, he got he picked up a couple pinfalls. The last tour he was on, he had a couple pinfalls too. I know. You that, mean in January? Yeah, not in January, but I'm saying like his momentum has. Yeah, been he's split, been building. Has been building. He's been building since the tag league. Right. And the, you know this propelled him into a title shot with um, against Jay White. Hmm. So it's kind of like. He picked up two really big wins that right. have elevated him. And I know this is a ring of honor, but he also successfully defended the ROH six-man tag titles against uh, SoCal Uncensored, yeah, along so, with the Young Bucks. So this is a guy who's been on fire. Um, I think if, he, if we felt like, and don't get me wrong, his performances aren't terrible and they're actually good like he, he's one of the most improved guys this, right. this whole year. I think year. We've, we've constantly mentioned how much he's improved. We listed him as our most improved, one of our uh, most improved for the awards for last the, year. Yeah, for the 2017 uh, year in awards. Which I think we were a little ahead of the game on that because some of the other podcasts that cover New Japan when they were listing their most improved, they did not have him listed and I we did because I mean, you could just tell this guy really has been improving mm-hmm. like year after year. That being said though, I still don't think he's had that like superstar making performance or anything like that right he had big wins and he's still doing his flippy stuff in the ring and he's still improving but it wasn't like oh man you've got to see this hangman page match or anything right right Uh, but a big month for him um another guy that we thought was okada that's right the ace well, the new ace. The new ace. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, Okada had a stellar uh, performance in... And you know what? We should just throw Sonata in there. Okada and Sonata are both guys that we thought about. Um, you know, we saw them on tour during the uh, the Road 2 shows. They had that awesome tag match with uh, against one another. Right. Um, the night before the New Beginning of Osaka. And then they had an awesome main event, you know, uh, at the New Beginning in Osaka. Um, so why why do you think we kind of aren't going with Okada or Sonata here? I don't think we're going with them. Um, first of all, just, you know, match of the month went to Osprey and Takahashi. Um, Osprey, um, just a guy that's been on fire. And, like, Okada and Sonata, I mean, we, we like the match, but, I mean, that was pretty much, like, the only real, like, highlight for them throughout the tour. They had they had that good tag match the yeah. night before, but it wasn't anything, like, blow away. I mean, right. They had some good moments, you know, and even, like, some of the uh, outside promos and, it, you know, with, like, uh, Okada being, like, a douche and just, like, attacking Sonata. That all happened. So, I mean, they had good months, but... Right. And, I mean, honestly, this is, like, a typical thing with Okada. Like, we, yeah. talked, about, we talked about this earlier. Like, it actually might be hard for Okada to win Wrestler of the Month. Just because he's usually going to be defending the title, 
And obviously that's going to be a blow, usually a blow away match, but once a month, once a month, and like he's not going to be really either he's not on the tour or he's not having blow away matches the other nights on the tour. Or yeah, when he's on the tour, he's going to be in multi man matches where he's kind of protected and that sort yeah, right, of right, and not really doing much. Now that's not to say that he's not going to be a contender for wrestler of the year because it's not like we're going to go back and be like, all right, who won the most? Wrestler, of the, wrestler month. of the month. Okay, they win. Nah, it's not going to work that way. This is just something kind of fun that we're doing. But when when it all averages out over the course of the year, I'm sure he's going to be right there. Right. I mean, he's going to have the highest, probably the, once again one of the highest star rating averages for his matches. So far this year, he probably does. Right. And I mean, well, up there, yeah. I mean, he's a champ. Who knows when, when or if he's going to lose a title this year. But with that being said, there wasn't enough. We didn't see enough of either of these guys to really say like, "Hey, this is you know the wrestler of the month." And then the the last runner-up guy that we kind of consider was Jay White. Right. Jay White was one of the few guys that we saw on both tours. So we saw him all. He made five appearances, and he's been impressive. Especially the match he had with Dave Finley was especially good. Right. Um, and then, like, he's just been causing turmoil with his promos and his character work and everything like that. Um, but but he did get pinned by Adam Page. Yeah. And much uh, much like Adam Page, I mean, there was the Finley match was good, but there was no, like, blowout match. They were like, oh, man, you got to, you know, stop what you're doing and watch this Jay White match. I really liked the Jay White and Finley match, maybe more than other people. I thought I liked it a lot. I liked the match, but, I mean, I wouldn't call it a blowaway match. No. But he was out here dominant, too. That's another reason we right. consider him. Because he was like, didn't he knock out Toa Hanare? Uh, I believe so, yeah. yeah. In, in, like, one of the multi-man matches. Yeah, he did with the uh, crucifix elbow spot. So I think, like, of the five matches we saw him in, he won four of them. And I think he was the guy picking up the wins in most of those matches. So he was, like, right there as well. But with that being said, the guy that we have to defer to and we have to say is the wrestler of the month is the aerial assassin will osprey yeah um successfully defending the title against haroma that's the first time yeah that's a big deal you know he won the title uh when he won it the first time he lost it like right back to uh marty squirrel um so yeah he didn't have a chance to get a good title reign so he defends the title and not just defends the title he defended against one of the the top juniors in New Japan, the top Japanese junior. Hiroma's like the most feared guy in the division. Right. Like he, if you remember the whole narrative of last year when he was, he went on that six month reign, no one could really figure this dude out. And they, they tried so many different tactics to beat him and nobody really could best him in a one-on-one until Kushida finally came back and got, you know, beat him in at Dominion. Right. So, and he's been trying to get a title shot ever since Dominion. So with that being said, like, that's why I thought he was going to win the title back because he's been questing for it for so long. Right. And it's been like an ongoing story. You know, he kept getting, like, uh, denied. People would take his shots. And then he finally got in the four-way. And yeah. And in the four-way, they just neutralized him the whole match. They right. ended up tying him up, breaking his fingers. So, I mean, they m- removed him from the equation because no one knows how to deal with this guy. So the fact that Will Ospreay had the best match of the month. One of the what's probably going to be one of the best junior matches of the whole year, and it's, I mean, it's been one of the best junior matches I think since like Hiromu's reign last. Well, probably since Best of the Super Juniors last year when uh, right. when the final, you know, the finals last year were five star match, but this is probably the best junior match since then. And um, we got also you know heard a ton of great stuff from Osprey Australia. Yeah, especially the match, the triple threat. Even though he lost the match with him and Cody Rhodes and. Uh, 
Robbie Eagles yeah. was supposed to be like a fantastic match. So he's been putting in great performances. And then every time we saw him in a multi-man match, this uh, during the build-up to the um, New Osaka. Beginning Osaka, him and Hiromu, we already talked about, they were just blowing us away. Um, I think the main reason we didn't consider Hiromu this month is because he just took loss after loss. Like, right. I mean, he was another guy that was on all five shows. He was on the Road 2 shows and Osaka, and then he was on the Honor Rising shows. Yeah, but he, he lost in the uh, multi-man match with, with the elimination. Well, I mean, I guess he technically didn't because Evil won the match, but he got himself eliminated. eliminated yeah. He lost the night before that. He lost to Flip he Gordon. Lost to Flip Gordon. He, so we really couldn't consider him, even though he had stellar match quality still but Osprey, you know, basically looked great leading up to the match, had one of the best matches of, of the uh, month, had the most significant win of the month of anybody that was out there, and then he set himself up to be propelled into a main event against the IWGP champion Okada next month at, well, this month at the anniversary show. Right. Um, by the time this show drops on Tuesday, so the anniversary show will have aired by the time you're listening to this. You'll probably be watching it tonight. Oh, it's, it's, when is it? It's March 6th. So it's in two days? Yeah. So we're recording on Sunday. You will hear this on Tuesday. The anniversary show will be have, have happened by the time uh, this show comes out. Bro, I'm excited. I forgot like, that it's so <laughs> soon. But with that being said, I mean, this is by far the biggest match of Will Ospreay's entire career. A, juniors almost never headline New Japan shows. B, it's against their biggest star, their world champion. And not only that, but... He's headlining one of their biggest shows of the year against the world champion in the second biggest company in the entire world. Right. And also, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of interesting comments from him lately about wanting to wrestle heavyweight and wanting, he wants to be in the G1. No, I'm not saying that's going to happen this year, but I mean, this is a, yeah. a step in the right direction. So I think based on his accomplishments and his match quality and everything of that nature, you've got to go with Will Ospreay in this case. All right. So February uh, wrestler of the month for February, Will Ospreay. Wow. Okay, cool. <laughs> so we got that out of the way. All right. I'm now, really enjoying these match of the month and wrestler of the month. Yeah. Uh, March is going to be intense. March is going to be great. Because we have the anniversary show and then all these New Japan Cup uh, matches. I'm assuming whoever wins the New Japan Cup will probably be our wrestler of the month. Right. Unless someone does like a... Uh, unless someone puts in like a Yugi Nagata... Uh, type of performance. Type of performance. Yeah. Like how he did in the G1, how he lost, but he was just the best guy the whole tournament right unless someone does that like yeah the uh, the, the, the second place guy yeah could potentially be the March wrestler of the month but if the matches are good enough right so New Japan Cup let's uh, we're gonna talk about our brackets and let's uh, talk about our, ter- our the contest too. okay yeah so here's how it worked and we posted it on the New Japan Reddit and on Facebook and Twitter we had you guys submit your uh, brackets you predicted all the rounds all the way to the finals um, and then the winner of whoever has the most accurate bracket with the correct winner they're going to win a wrestling t-shirt of their choice right we also have a little side competition going between Josh and I we're not in the main competition so we're if- not no. I well, figured if we win, then we get the shirt. 
No. <laughs> Remember, we said we were going to do a side thing with just me and you. So if I win, you get me a shirt. And if you win, I get you a shirt. No, that's not the way I understood it. The way I understood it was whoever is the best overall, whether it's a listener or right. us. Okay. They're getting the shirt. But here's why. Because I believe in America. <laughs> and I believe that we live in a land of equality. Okay. And equal opportunity. So we're in the mix. And yeah, because at the end of the day, if... You know, like, I don't know. Let's shout out to Kyle Morris. He was the first person to send in his uh, bracket, I believe, right? Yeah. So if Kyle's the most accurate person, we're paying for him to get a shirt. But if I smoke Kyle in this thing, I don't care. I'm getting this shirt. Okay. And you're buying it for me. (laughs) All right. And I think that that is equal and fair because what are the chances that one of us are going to be right? It's not, I mean, we don't work for New Japan. We can't, uh, like. We, We don't. So no, just playing this play. <laughs> we're literally like before the whole entire tournament starts, we're officially both stating this is our bracket, right? Openly, publicly to the world. So there's no way we can go back and be like, oh, you guys don't get a shirt, right? Right. We're not gonna con you guys. All right. So we're, we're not it. finessing out here. So. We're not Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're all in. We're all in. We're all uh, in on we're, this. We're all but in. here's the thing. Multiple people could have the same, you know, basically if you predict the winner, then you're in the in the running to win. And then, you know, it's going to go based on who out of all, if there's a tie and there's multiple people who have the same winner, it's going to be whose bracket was the most accurate right. overall. And then I don't, after I did all the, the research, I don't think anyone has the exact same bracket at all. Thank God. Right. Yeah. Young boys out here uh, crunching the numbers and figuring (laughs) out like the percentages of this and that. So we're going to go over that in a little bit. But let's say that two people have equally accurate uh, brackets because that could I I, I started doing the calculations and I figured like they could have the same finals with a couple matches different and end up at the same point. Well, then at that point, we're going to have to reach out to if you're in the running and we're getting to that point, we see that this is coming because we will we will know at that point we will reach out to you and whoever the other person is and we will have to find a way to do a tiebreaker whether it be a more accurate prediction like how the match is won maybe time limits that sort of thing right um, we'll find a way and then if it, if it comes down to the fact that two people are just dead even we're gonna flip a coin and if you lose then you lose and that's it you don't, you don't get the shirt <laughs> right so yeah there will only be one winner there can only be one right only one <laughs> All right, so let's talk about our Billy Gunn, the one (laughs) Billy Gunn. (laughs) Do you remember the one Billy Gunn? Yes, I do. And (laughs) thankfully, we will not be seeing the one Billy Gunn in Long Beach again. Uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. All right, so let's talk about our brackets. Um, You want to go, like, match by match? Yeah. And, and like... I want to talk about the matches too, like not yeah. just the predictions, but like I am very excited. Some of these, <clears throat> some of these brackets are very weird, but I am so excited about these matches. Yeah. So let's start off with uh, Kota Ibushi against. Well, that's Yo- not night one. Oh, what's uh, night one? Elgin Ishii. All right. So Michael Elgin versus Ishii. Yep. And I. Um, that's my most anticipated round. I know match. you're looking forward to this match. It's a big Haas match. I have uh, Ishii going over Elgin. Um, here's why. Uh-huh. I, you know, Michael Elgin, he's kind of been a guy that's kind of fallen down the rankings over the last year. In New Japan. In New Japan. He hasn't really won many big matches, and he's usually 
getting stuck in multi-man matches and his team is losing or he loses. Um, even with his contract being um, renewed, I think it was like, what, two years now? For a two-year contract that he just signed? That's what they said. Yeah, I don't think that he's going to get the win here. Like, I don't just see... New, New Japan's just not invested in Elgin right now. Um, and I think that... It's better for uh, Ishii to get it. Yeah, so I, I'm i right there with you. I have Ishii picked as my winner as well. Um, partly because I think it makes more booking sense to have Ishii go forward in the tournament for the intrigue of the idea of what if he goes all the way and ends up facing Okada. Because we've talked about... You know, stable mates fighting one another. That's right. That's uh, Jay White's whole stable warfare mentality. I'm very excited about this match, mainly because we've already seen these two guys wrestle one time before at the uh, at the G1. I think it was two years ago in 2016. Right. And oh my gosh, it it was a short match, but it's literally like one of the craziest and just like violent hoss matches I've ever seen with crazy athleticism. I'm, I mean, like, the the power moves, it's one of the most power move-centric matches I've ever seen, and it is freaking awesome to see, like, someone throwing Elgin around, and see Elgin throwing Ishii around. Yeah, like. it's crazy. So, this is the match that I am the most excited for out of the whole entire first round. Um, with that being said, I think that Elgin... If this was two years ago when he was on that tear and he had just come in and he came off the G1, remember he won the uh, the what he won the IC title, right? But after he got his uh, orbital, yeah, his orbital bone broken by Naito, and then he came back at last year's Wrestle Kingdom, he really hasn't been the same yeah. in the booking, right? You know, a lot of people want to point to the scandal with the you know um, sex allegations and all that stuff and point to that, but like Elgin's been pretty much deep like deep pushed. Ever since that time, he had one big match against uh, against Naito last year. That was five star, and then every like he underperformed everywhere. Like he lost in the uh, I, in the U.S. tournament. He didn't go far in the New Japan Cup last year. He didn't do well in the G One. He was right. just average. So I mean, he really hasn't been in the title picture at, in any title picture like at all. I think he had one never title match last year, if I remember correctly. I believe so. Yeah, against Suzuki. Yeah, and like it sucked, and it should have been great. So with that being said, I would be very surprised if Elgin got the nod here. What I, we, I would be too. What we did um, to kind of make things fun, we took all the brackets and we totaled up what the like majority predictions were for each of these matches. So we're going to kind of fantasy book this based on everybody's bracket. And from what we received, 80% of you believe that Ishii is going over Elgin. So it's a pretty pretty heavy favorite right. for Ishii. So that would be a huge upset for uh, Big Mike to get the win here. Yeah. At this, well, based on what our fa- like listeners and but even us too yeah yeah I mean I'm sure there are other people out there that think Elgin's gonna go over and I wouldn't be too surprised at the end of the day because Elgin is still Elgin and I mean he's one of those guys they can pick up at any point right moving forward but right now it seems like Ishii probably is the more favored guy overall right or at least by American audiences I don't know what Japanese fans think (laughs) that's true so that takes us into um, the second match that's going to happen on night one. We have Juice Robinson against Yujiro Takahashi. So for this one, I also I went with uh, Juice Robinson going over uh, Yujiro Takahashi. Juice is a guy 
unlike Elgin, he's actually been elevating up the card and up the rankings in New Japan. Since this tournament last year. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we look back at those that great uh, U.S. title match he had with Omega, the upset win he had against Omega in the G1. Um, he had great title matches against everybody last year. Right. He, he challenged a, for a lot of titles last year. Yeah, he had a never title shot. He had an IC and a U.S. title shot in the same year. It's yeah. It's like nobody really gets that many title shots in, in a year, so it's kind of kind of crazy. <laughs> right. I and mean, like we've been talking about just how great it's been to see, you know, since leaving NXT, how he just turned things around and just, like, became a star in the New Japan system. And, I mean, he's a guy I could see him winning a title this year. Like towards the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, hopefully. I mean, I don't know if that will be the case. Um, with some of the um, some of the ways that New Japan books, sometimes guys tend to stagnate a little bit. But hopefully, they do. You know, they they push juice. That being said, here's a very interesting fact: these two guys met in the first round of the tournament last year. I was not necessarily remembering or privy to that. When I when I did my booking, I don't think you were either. No, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, and Juice went over in the first round, so this is a rematch of a first round match that these guys had just a year ago, um, and Juice was victorious. I have Juice going over for the same reasons that you do. I think it just um, I think based on the way that I'm booking it with Ishii winning, I think it makes sense for Juice to move forward. Plus, he kind of has been getting pushed. Where it's not that Ujiro's not pushed; he's kind of a protected guy, but he he's like main like he's like that mid card level type guy all right they're not really gonna elevate him i mean he's found his niche he's got his gimmick he's he does his thing he's right where he needs to be i don't see him moving like getting a lot of like benefit from getting a victory here that being said if ujiro won it would kind of make sense from a booking standpoint because juice beat him last year right and this callback and it could be a callback and takahashi gets the win this time here's the here's the other interesting thing a hundred percent a hundred percent of people that send in their ballots for this uh prediction show uh think juice robinson's going over so <laughs> yeah that's like unanimous so if yujiro does win which i'm starting to think maybe he could based on you know history um that would be one of the biggest upsets based on our like poll of the whole entire tournament right and i think it could happen like now that I'm really starting to think about it, I'm like, I mean, Juice doesn't need to go forward, and neither does Yujiro, because I think out of that out of that four man, to me, it's like Elgin or Ishii is the more favored guy, no matter who they're facing, whether it's Juice or Yujiro. Right. So it doesn't really it doesn't really matter. matter. Yeah. So they could easily put push Yujiro there and uh, have it done that way, especially since he's a heel and he could find some sort of snarky way to win. Yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, so we both got juice. You guys all got juice. So with that being said, based on um, the majority poll, with 80% of people choosing Ishii and 100% choosing juice, that leads us to a Ishii juice going into the next round. Let's talk about night two. We've got Tanahashi, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Taichi. Well, first of all, I just want to say, like, how, like, surprised I was. Shocked. Shocked that Tanahashi. I mean, we've been speculating whether he's going to be in New Orleans or not. Because, you know, we're going to be in New Orleans for WrestleMania weekend. And And they're not even really saying. Right. And we were kind of disappointed that we weren't going to be able to see the ace. Um, But now here he is in the New Japan Cup. Um, You know, not, probably not 100% healed yet. And if, if he's even injured, I'm starting to think like some of these injuries are just works. like kayfabe. Like, he's working us. 
I mean, I don't take them as seriously as like when WWE like has their full like medical like disclosure. This is what happened. Yeah. I don't think it's like that in Japan. And like, I'm starting to just feel like this guy just keeps coming back and he keeps being injured. Like, I'm sure his bicep really was messed up and all that. But I'm like, I don't know. Either either Tanahashi's hurt and he's like hurting, working hurt, which he doesn't really need to be, or he's not as hurt as badly as they let on. Right. And we're getting right. worked. So yeah. something's not right here. So, yeah, so Tanahashi's going against Tai Chi. Tai Chi's just recently elevated in the heavyweight division. Yeah. We're going to check out his match with uh, Naito on the anniversary show to see how that's going to be. Mm-hmm. But um, I have uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Tai Chi here. Um, I know that with a recent push to heavyweight, some might think that this may be the time that they're going to go all in and push... Uh, tai Chi, I don't see that as the case. I don't expect him to beat Naito on this anniversary show, and mm-hmm. I don't expect him to beat Tanahashi here. I think these matches will be used to show the fans he can go with these high-caliber guys, but I don't think he's going to be going over either of them, and I, I think that Tanahashi is going to get the win here. There's something weird online. I don't know what it is, but on like the boards and stuff, people... There's, like, this weird thing where people really like Tai Chi. Have you noticed that? Yeah, a lot of people. I mean, somebody even commented on our Reddit thing. They were like, yeah. Tai Chi or bust. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of thought that that was ridiculous. I just thought he was being ironic. But the fact of the matter is a lot of people picked Tai Chi to win this. Uh, not enough to win the poll. But in this A block, this was the most, like, diverse uh, pick because only 60% of people picked uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. I also have Hiroshi Tanahashi winning. So, so far, my picks, I think both of our picks are right right, th- right in line with and the And also, also, I just want to be clear. We did our brackets separately. Separately, and we did them before we looked at, we anybody. Looked at anyone else's brackets. Right. So, we were not influenced by each other, and we were not influenced by all the brackets that you guys sent in. Yeah, so we thought that we want to make that clear. I, I forgot to make mention of that. Yeah. But I think one reason that people are not picking Tanahashi is A, he was injured. B, he has lost the first round of the last three New Japan Cups. And in the past, Invasion Attack slash Sakura Genesis isn't really when you start to see uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi heat up. You know, he kind of works in cycles. You know what I mean? Like he works uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Kind of, you kind of start getting fat Tanahashi, and then he gets in shape, and then Dominion time, G1 time, you start getting like fighting shape Tanahashi. With that being said, I kind of feel like Tanahashi, if he is injured and he's coming back, he might have something to prove. Right, and um, I think another reason too, some a lot of people pick Tai Chi too. They think that Tanahashi will probably be going against Suzuki at Sakura Genesis. Yeah, and you know what? They could be right, and that's one one reason why I was really on the fence for this pick, because I don't think that the storyline with him and Minoru Suzuki is done yet. Oh, no. Not at all. Not at all. So it really, like, I was troubled when I was trying to make this (laughs) pick, because I'm super analytical, and I I thought about that a lot, but with that being said, I just can't imagine Taichi getting... Now, they do like to do big upsets for the New Japan Cup, so... Uh, hey, forty percent of you, if Taichi wins, you, it's gonna place you guys in a lot better standing to win this uh, free T-shirt. So, with that being said, though, it it is funny that so many people like Taichi online. I think it's like an ironic sort of thing. Yeah, 
Like, they like him because he's a heel, because he tries to not work good in matches, and he does, like, stupid dick heelish like, stuff. He's a dick in real life. Yeah, like, <laughs> and he's, like, but I don't know. When I see Taichi, like, I get it. I get what he's doing, but I don't dig it, like, right. the way other people do. All I gotta say is, all these nights of the tournament, he better have Miho Abe <laughs> with him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my like, god. That's all I care about. Calm down there, Taguchi. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, with that being said, we've got uh, I have Hiroshi Tanahashi going forward. Uh, Jeremy's got Hiroshi Tanahashi, and 60% of you also have predicted Hiroshi Tanahashi. And let's talk about the second uh, tournament match on night two. Yeah, the underboss, Bad Luck Fale, taking on one half of the Killer Elite squad, Lance Archer. Fuck him up, Fale. Fuck him up. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate Lance Archer. Oh, man. We've talked about our hate for Lance Archer during our World Tag League episodes. You can find them in the archives. Um, just- I'm so sick of him spitting on people. Why? I, it's so, like, I feel like a broken record. I come on this podcast. Every yeah. Week, week there are multiple week. episodes we talk about our hate for wrestlers spitting on people. It has been such, like, a, a blessing and a reprieve to not have to watch Lance Archer spit on anybody for a while now for a whole month yeah it's been great (laughs) (laughs) Um, but with that being said yeah so Archer versus Fale this is two really big dudes who are going to mix it up what do you think uh, what do you think the match quality is going to be here I'm not expecting anything above three stars no way. There's no way. <laughs> uh, and you know what? Archer's pretty good in the ring, actually. Yeah. If it wasn't for the gimmick and everything he does, I wouldn't. It, it wouldn't bother yeah, me trust so much. Me. Archer's gotten tons better since his days in TNA and on uh, ECW, WWE. Um, There's a reason he's a tag team guy, though. You're right. So let's just say that. Right. And a bad luck Fale. I mean, he's a. A decent worker for his size, and he we've seen him pull out some decent matches. I like Fale. I like Fale too, but I don't think these guys' styles are gonna mesh well. They're just gonna be hitting each other hard, right? It's like the, the whole match is gonna be them trying to take each other off their feet. Yeah, Fale had some really good matches during G One last year that I liked, especially yeah. the match with like Tanahashi, uh, the match he had with Makabe the yeah. first night where it was like limited, but they were just hitting each other hard. I really liked that match. Um, so this might be okay if, if like these guys just go in there and just beat the crap out of each other. Right. Um, with that being said, though, I've got the underboss going forward, partly because I am going to say here, one thing I did try to do to cheat a little bit, I did take a look at the undercards uh, for the different nights, and Fale seems to be involved in a lot of multi-man matches with other guys in his block. So it just seems like it would make more sense that he's going to be facing, especially specifically Juice and Elgin are the two guys that you see him in a lot of multi-man matches with. It might not mean anything, but plus on top of that, Fale tends to go very far in the New Japan Cup. Like this is his tournament. Right. Um, I also have Bad Luck Fale going over Lance Archer. Um, You know... To me, Lance Archer is a tag team guy. I really don't see them. I know he's done well in these tournaments before, uh, singles, but I feel like he's just been so ingrained with like the Killer Elite Squad stuff and the Suzuki Goon stuff. I really don't see them, you know, giving any like why, like, why him winning here? What does that do? Like he's not going to be in a singles program at all this year. So you and I have the same 
A block matches predicted. Right. Interesting. Uh, I also think it's interesting that the two Suzuki Gun guys in this block, uh, Tai Chi and Archer, we both got them getting eliminated, right. as do the majority of people here. Right. And what, so we have what ninety five percent of you guys uh, picked Bad Luck Fale. Also, there's very few people that picked Lance Archer. Right. But there's a, you know that small five percent right. contingent. So it seems so. It looks like majority of the of the, you guys that sent your brackets in are in line with Josh and I. We pretty much all have the same. Uh, Oh, it's, it's going to break down after, after uh, yeah. round two. It's going to break down. Right. Yeah, so Fale is the favorite guy. I think it makes more sense for... I think Fale against Taichi or Tanahashi, to me, makes more sense than Archer. But, I mean, we've seen um, we've seen Archer in this tournament before, and we've seen uh, Davy Boy Smith as well. They're both in it again. And I've, we've seen them get out of the first round before, I believe. I could be wrong about that, but uh, Fale just tends to do very well. He usually makes it to, like, semifinals or even fi- – he was in the finals last year. So I would – I think it would be shocking in this particular tournament for Ar- Lance Archer to take him out in the first round. I'd be very shocked. Right. Yeah, same here. So, so that leaves us again with Ishii against Juice going into the uh, coming out of the first night, and then Tanahashi versus Fale, who those guys have had tons of matches against each other, and they're, the, the match that had G won this year was very good, and so that's that's the first round of A block. Let's talk about B block, Jeremy. All right. So, what's the first match on the B block night? Night three, it's Ibushi and Hashi, Yoshihashi and Suzuki, or I'm sorry, Zack Sabre Jr. and uh, Tetsuya Naito. All right, so let's start with Ibushi and Yoshihashi. Um, I have Ibushi going over Yoshihashi uh, because it's Yoshihashi. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, but seriously, I mean, Yoshihashi is... We've talked about it so many times. He's a solid worker in the ring. He can have some good matches. So you say. But he has no swag. I mean, no personality. There's nothing interesting about Yoshihashi at all. He looks like a reject Final Fantasy character. I'll be legit pissed if Yoshihashi wins. Same here. I will lose my freaking mind if Yoshi... Abushi <laughs> uh, does well in tournaments. I mean... He's won tournaments in DDT. He's won the freaking New Japan Cup in the past. Right. He's gone far in the G1 before. He did. Uh, he's he did. He was in the cruiserweight classic and made it to the semifinals. Yeah. So I mean, Abushi's a guy who knows how to win, and he doesn't take too many singles losses. Right. And, you know, there's also there's so much buzz behind him right now with the whole Golden Lovers Bullet Club storyline, like. The crowd's going to be... I mean, the crowd's already hot for Ibushi, but, I mean, they're probably going to be extra hot for him um, going into this tour. And, I mean... It's also interesting that Ibushi being in this tournament... I think we talked about... Was it last week we talked about... We mentioned why Omega was not in the tournament. Well, Ibushi said something about this where he said, I'm glad that Kenny's not in it because I think Kenny would go far and I don't want to have to fight somebody that I'm close with or that I care about. I can't remember the exact words, right. but so it is interesting that like Abushi expects himself based on those statements to go pretty far here. Um, most of you do too, because a hundred percent of the people sending in their ballots 
chose uh, Kota Ibushi to, to go over Yoshihashi here. So this is the second match in the tournament where there's 100% of you that agree. The first being Juice versus Yujiro. The second one is Ibushi versus Yoshihashi. I'm, I don't think... Now, with the Juice and Yujiro match, I kind of think there's a chance that there could be an upset victory here. In this match, I'm going to say it right now, there's no chance... No chance. Chance in hell. No chance. <laughs> uh, there's no chance Ibushi's losing to Yoshihashi here. If he does, I'm going to call Gato myself and say, for real? <laughs> Why'd you do that? <laughs> um, unless something crazy happens, but I don't know. It's it's a chaos versus Ibushi match. You know what I mean? Like, There's not even like a backstory to be like... Hashi's gonna cheat or get the upper hand. Right, like, no. No, like, Abushi. Hashi's gonna eat a Kamegoye. He's gonna hit it, he's gonna eat the knee, he's gonna get hit with the last ride, and he's gonna go. Phoenix Splash. Phoenix Splash, one, two, three. Abushi's gonna go send that bum to the back. So, um, actually, I gotta tell you, I think that even though Elgin Ishii is my favorite match for the first round, I think the third night is the night I'm most excited about. Because I think Abushi, Yoshihashi, and Zack Sabre Jr. and Naito is the, the best uh, two like two match match quality. Yeah. So, and I'm very excited about Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tetsuya Naito. Yeah, that's gonna be a very interesting matchup with their styles. Right. I don't. I don't think they wrestled this year in the G1, did they? Mm, they, uh, I, think. I know Zack Sabre Jr. was in the block with uh, Tanahashi. Right. And didn't oh wait they were they were because they, they were in the same block they right? were in the same block yeah. so I kind of don't remember that match yes but it's kind of like I mean there's so many matches that have happened since then and so many great matches it's hard to like remember all of them but I think this has the potential to be a very good match out of uh, out of the B block this is the match that I'm most excited for out of that that whole crew so let's talk about this pick here what do you got all right so i have naito going over saber here um i feel like you know naito he's still you know a top guy um the crowd are they're still behind him and lij and people really want to see naito win the title um a lot of people were frustrated and disappointed when he lost at wrestle kingdom um you know, people want him to go forward, and I feel like he's kind of been in a uh, almost like a little standstill since losing Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, he he had a, the feud with Yoshihashi and the feud with Tai Chi. So now and we don't even know how that's gonna blow off yet, right? So yeah, because we know we're recording this before the anniversary show, so we have no idea how that's gonna end up. So I just feel like they're going to kind of use this to kind of propel Naito back up kind of out of that standstill and kind of get him moving back forward into, you know, top contendership. Okay, so this is where you and I disagree. I've got the upset victory, or maybe it's not even an upset because a lot of the the polls agree with me, but um, I've got Zack Sabre Jr. going over Tetsuya Naito. And... The reason why is when I was making my ballots, it wasn't what I think should happen or want to have happen. It's what I think will happen. 
And like you said, Naito's in the in a bit of a standstill and that sort of thing. Now, could he benefit by going further into the uh, tournament? Yes, but there's always one big guy that gets knocked out in the beginning. Right. And I think Naito's that guy. Right. And even after, like, I, I saw some of the brackets and I thought about it more. I'm like, dang, I kind of wish I would have gone kind of gone with Saber because, like, I feel like you know, New Japan Cup is usually the tournament where there's a lot of upsets. And so far, there really hasn't really been any, like, heavily favored upsets. And so Sabre, like, having Naito out in the first round would be... Well, there's 40% of people that think Taichi's beating Tanahashi, so that's kind of... Actually, it's very similar because we got 60%, 60% here for right. these two matches. But um, in this case, Zack Sabre Jr. is the one who's favored for the upset. And I think even though 60% of our listeners are calling it, I think everyone would still consider it an upset for him to beat Naito. Right. Because I mean, of the caliber of star he is. Right. I mean, nothing wrong with Zack Sabre Jr., but it's Naito. Yeah. You know, leader of LIJ, you know, former world champion. Zack Sabre Jr. is a part-time guy. He's only been here a year. Right. And, I mean, he has a... I mean, he's had some decent, you know, some good matches. Tanahashi. Yeah, he beat Tanahashi in the G1. But, I mean, he hasn't had any title runs yet. I mean, he really hasn't made, like, a big splash in New Japan yet. Yeah. I mean, he did okay in the G1 last year, but that's about it. Yeah. But here's the thing. I think Naito, like earlier in the year, I was like, Naito's going to win the New Japan Cup. He's going to go to Sakura Genesis and he's going to win the title. That was all before Jericho. We've got, you know, BJ and AJ. (laughs) Before Jericho and after Jericho. And before Jericho, I was saying that Naito was going to win this tournament. But after the Jericho attack, I was like, okay. So now maybe I'm wrong. We still don't even know if they're doing that match. Uh, we reported like a few weeks ago that there was supposed to be a speculation that they're going to make an announcement for Long Beach, and that still hasn't happened. And the rest of the reporters that are out there are still saying that it's most likely it's happening at Dominion. And so my thing here is like, could Naito hypothetically go to the finals? And then, like, here's my thing. I think if Naito goes to the finals, there's no way he's losing the tournament. And if he wins the tournament, in my mind, there's no way he's winning. He's he's losing the belt twice. You know what I mean? Like, right. he's not going to lose to Okada. So I think if he goes to Sakura Genesis, he's got to win. And then it's like, what? Is he going to go to Dominion and defend against Jericho? He could. That's You could book that. I just don't think it's going to happen that way. Right. I think... And things could change, but I think he's going to win one of the two tournaments this year, and I think it's going to be the G1, or at least be in the finals. I don't see him um, winning this tournament. If he's not going to win it, he might as well get knocked out early, and that's why I picked Zack Sabre Jr. here. So I've got the upset with Zack Sabre Jr., and 60% of you agree. 60% of you uh, picked Zack Sabre Jr., which I was stunned by. That was like one of the most shocking picks because I thought I was like I thought I was like making like the secret like Wait. sexy pick, you know? <laughs> and it's not. Yeah. There's a lot of people that think this is gonna happen. A lot of woke listeners out there. Woke. <laughs> oh I actually I don't do a good Matt Hardy impersonation. I was gonna try to do one. <laughs> <laughs> woke Okay, so yeah, so based on what we got going on there the majority of you think that we're getting a Bushi versus Zack Sabre Jr. going into the second round. And then night four, we have 
um, Toru Yanu versus Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Sonata versus Chucky e. T, which I think by far this is the strangest four man bracket of the entire tournament. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, your thoughts? Yano over Dave Boy Smith Jr. All right, so I have Toro Yano going over Dave Boy Smith Jr. Um, and know like you, it might sound weird to like other people who are not that don't follow New Japan full time. And we've we noticed that like in the brackets, like some of the some of the people that we know that submitted brackets that picked Yano were like, I picked that picked Dave Boy Smith Jr. We were like, why are you doing that, right, <laughs> <You> idiot? <laughs> um, but. Like, Yano's the guy that, like, you never know. I mean, he could win, literally, he could win any match. He could beat anybody just because of his unorthodox style. He goes far in this tournament right. year after year as you know, well. He catches people off guard, low blows, roll-ups, you know, schoolboys. Like, he's so unpredictable and so hard to prepare for that I feel like in this, I see this match being Dave Boy Smith Jr. trying to outpower, using his power over Yano. Oh, he's going to try to kill Yano. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah, at the last second, he's probably he's going to get cocky, be flexing, and then Yano's going to roll that man up. Yeah, I think Yano's going to hit him with some powder or tie his feet together or yeah, we're hit gonna, him in the head with a mallet or something. Return of the tape. Yeah, it's going to be something crazy. He's got, It's going to be entertaining for what it is. So I know a lot of listeners love Yano, and I know a lot of listeners hate Yano. <laughs> <laughs> I personally find Yano to be extremely entertaining. I I, I like Toriano. Yeah, ah, yeah, he cracks me up. I loved his G, the G one match for Omega. I know a lot of. I did. I, I did not love that match. Well, I I it, was, it was it was just it was a great like comedy to have like a break in between all the serious matches. You should watch some DDT. <laughs> <laughs> if you like that match, you'd love DDT. It was just I don't know. It, it popped me. I mean, obviously you don't, you don't want a card full of Yano matches. Yeah. But, I mean, it's good to have it sprinkled in here and there. I think that based on my next round's pick, Yano makes the most sense to go forward. Um, I mean, Davey Boy Smith, he's a big guy. He's actually a great wrestler. He, the difference with, with Killer Elite Squad, he, in my opinion, is a much better wrestler than Lance Archer. Oh, yeah. yeah. But he has none of the swag. He's terrible on the mic. He's got a great look, and a, he's a great in-ring, but he is just his character work is so bad. Um, whereas like Archer is all character work, all charisma, right. whether we like it or not, that's all he, you know, that's what, and he that's is. why they're perfect together. Yeah. They need one another, but David boy Smith is not a singles guy. He's gone far in this tournament before, so he could hypothetically beat Yano. And, um, but 85% of you think Toro Yano is winning this match. That is a large uh, contingent of people right. who watch New Japan, and they know that Yano typically does well in this tournament. Right. I mean, I think he got knocked out in the first round last year, but the year before that, he was in the semifinals against Naito, and he's gone far in the tournament before. So I think he's even been in the finals once. I, I could be wrong, but <laughs> um, yeah, 85% of you. So that is a lot of people. Um so that's my pick too. I think Yano's gonna pull some sort of screwy finish. Yeah, he could even just he could catch him in a small package, bro. Right. Like <laughs> you literally can catch him with anything. That's the thing. Like it's so hard to prepare for Yano. You don't know. You don't. Victory roll. Right. And it's over. Yeah. Uh, anything. So yeah, yeah. So we got Yano going into the second round. And let's talk about the next match. We got Sonata coming off of his loss in the IWGP title uh, hunt, taking on Chucky e. T. 
So this man, Chucky e. T. The current PWG world champion. Injures his best friend and takes his bookings. Yeah, he's taking all his bookings, bro. That, that's the <laughs> ultimate dick in real life move right there. <laughs> oh, you're stupid, bro. <laughs> um, he's actually probably like doing him a favor by like working the, the shows he can't make. Anymore, right, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but it's funny, you know, Chucky e. T had a tweet this week. He was like... Uh, do the same, you know, stuff for 16 years. Yeah. And then everybody else gets signed by WBF, and then indies have no other choice but to book but you. But to book you. <laughs> <laughs> he also um, said that he was going to steal a kiss from Sonata in this match. Yeah. He, like, tweeted that out, and I was like, why? What is up with everyone wanting to kiss everybody in wrestling? Like, it's crazy. Why did he kiss Kojima? <laughs> I've never kissed Kojima. <laughs> uh, thank oh. God Sam McCallahan's not in this tournament. Right. So, yeah, of, of all the guys who were, like, part-timers, well, I would have liked to see Jeff Cobb come back. I'm, I'm still holding out hope Jeff Cobb comes back. But of all the, like, part-timer guys that were in the uh, World Tag League this past year, I think Chucky e. T is, like, the other guy aside from Jeff Cobb that I'm, like, excited to see come into New Japan. Um, but almost everybody thinks Chucky e. T is losing. Right. Um, I also think that, too. I picked uh, Sonata over Chucky e. T. Um, you know, originally this was supposed to be Beretta in the tournament. You know, obviously New Japan. I think I mentioned this last week. You know, I don't think New Japan really had. I don't think we might not have seen Chucky e. T on this tour at, at all if Beretta had uh, not gotten hurt. So I don't really think there's any plans to advance him. So I think um, they, they want to keep. I think Son- it's like a tryout. Right. They want to keep Sonata strong. I believe after that match. Oh, it would be a ter- It would be a travesty to have Sonata have that fantastic uh, main event match last month, and then to have him job in the first match. Right. Uh, of the New Japan Cup unless and we talked about this before Evil's injured so we don't know what's going on with that tag team going forward or if they're even going to have the tag title still but unless they just want Sonata and Evil to, to refocus on the tag division it doesn't make sense to have him loot to job to an outsider like Chucky e. T first round right um, another reason why I pick Sonata so if Sonata wins and if Yana wins they'll be facing each other in the next round and there's a kind of a little rivalry between Sonata and Yano from last year yeah with them you know Yano trying to tie up uh, Sonata, Sonata getting Yano in the Paradise Lock all the time. So they had like a little rivalry last year. So I could see that rivalry kind of being renewed in the second round. That's another thing was like, that's one reason I did not pick Chucky e. T because I'm firmly confident that Yano's going to win. And so for Chucky e. T to advance, they could wrestle each other. They're both Chaos members and it would probably be a, like a... It'd be a, com- it'd be straight, a straight up, up comedy, comedy match. match. Yeah. But with that being said, it doesn't do anybody favors at all. So if if they're gonna do smart booking, they probably need Sonata to go to move forward in this match and have a. I think him and Chucky e. T will have a good match, a very good match, and hopefully, it's enough for them to start considering to bring Chucky e. T in more often. Because I like the guy and I want to see him in New Japan. Ninety five percent of you think that Sonata is going over here. So that's a huge percentage. It's very interesting how in the first block we had a match with 100% and we had a match with 100% in the B block. Yeah. We had a match with 95% in the B block and a match with 95% in A block. So like it's kind of mirroring each other 
And then we had one match that was 80 and another that's 85 in both blocks. Then we got 60 and 60. So, yeah. So there's kind of a common trend. There's some similar thinking going on amongst the masses out here. But, yeah, almost everybody thinks Sonata is going over here. So if Chucky T wins, I'll be very surprised. All right. So what we have next? Well, let's just give the rundown. So I think you and I had the same A block. Right. And then B block, we're exactly the same except for I've got Zack Sabre Jr. and you've got Naito. Right. Okay. So going into going forward, now we're getting into the second round, which we don't actually know what is going to happen from this point forward. We, what we've covered to this point are the matches that we know are going to happen. But uh, apparently we're getting into night five. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what's your second round match? Well, I think we I think we have the same thing. So it's, it's going to be Ishii versus Juice is what we're predicting. Right. Okay. So what are your thoughts there? So there I have Ishii going over Juice. Um, I think, like I mentioned, man, Ishii is such a great wrestler and doesn't get, you know, the shine he deserves. And I mean, he's a stone pit bull, and I think he's. This is gonna be. I think this is gonna be another hard hitting match, and Jesus is gonna try his best. But I just think um, Ishii gets the win here and moves on the tournament. Yeah, I agree. I think Ishii is going forward. Um, I'd be very surprised to see Juice Robinson get a win over Ishii, even though Ishii is that utility player who can put over mid-card guys, and because he's so good. We actually made a comparison the other day that, like, he's kind of like New Japan's Cesaro. Yeah. (laughs) In that, like, they've got him tucked away in a tag team. He's, like, low-key, like, the best worker in the company, but he, like, never gets title shots. He's never, like, he should be in the main event, but he's just not. He's getting passed over. That's kind of, like, Ishii's role, but, like, they know they can put him in a match with anybody, and it's going to be fantastic. Same way, and same with Cesaro. That's Cesaro. Yeah. How about those two guys wrestle one another? Oh, my gosh. That'd be awesome, right? That'd be sick. And I don't even like most of the guys in WWE, but, like, I love Antonio Cesaro, like... I would love to see him and Tomohiro Ishii mix it up. So, yeah, we got Ishii and Juice. Uh, I just think, you know, whether it's Juice or Yujiro, I think the winner of Elgin Ishii is going forward. And in this case, I've got Ishii. So, I've, I see Ishii going to the semifinals. All right. Absolutely. And 88% of you that now going forward, we're only going to be counting the people that um, have this match in their bracket. So of the people that predicted this match would happen, the Ishii versus Juice match, 88% of those people predict that Ishii will win. So that's a pretty like heavy favored like outcome that right. Ishii is going to go over Juice Robinson uh, for that part of the round. So we so far, you and I have got very similar brackets. Yeah. And let's talk about the second proposed match, um, Tanahashi. Which that's where the wrinkle is. A lot of people think Taichi is going forward. Right. Very few people. Uh, I mean, Tanahashi's still winning, but Tanahashi, that's like the most like on the fence type of match. Mm-hmm. And then the majority of people think Fale is going forward. So they think either Tanahashi or Taichi is going against Fale is what the majority says. So what do you think? Tanahashi and Fale. So I have uh, the ace here going over Bad Luck Fale. Me too. Um, these guys have actually had, you know, pretty decent matches against each other in the past. Um, Tana can definitely get a good match out of Bad Luck Fale. Um, but I think, you know, this is the ace coming back. Um, I think they want, they're want they going to heat him, uh, Tanahashi, up. 
Um, I just don't see. I have a hard time picturing Bad Luck Fale going further. I know he usually does go far in this tournament, but I feel like Tanahashi. This is going to be the time, the year that Tanahashi goes forward. My whole thing with Tanahashi being in this tournament is if he's going to like be in the first round and get knocked out, then just knock him out. If he's going further than the first round, there's no reason to have him not go. F- all, like pretty far deep into the tournament. Right. So it, to me, it doesn't make sense for Tanahashi to come back from injury early and not get knocked out in the first round and then lose to Fale. That just doesn't seem to make sense to me. They could go that way if this does end up happening. But in this situation, I think I think Tanahashi needs the win. After suffering that like really terrible loss to Suzuki, I think he needs to go for far in this tournament if if that's what ends up happening. Um, so yeah, I've got Tanahashi going over Fale. Eighty three percent of you though had the same thing. Now here's one thing I will say about these percentages: as we get further on, there are less and less people that are predicting these matches. So even though these per- the percentages seem high, the, the actual split isn't that far from one another. So there are people that think that Bad Luck Fale is going to win this match, hmm. which could happen. I mean, right. Fale... I mean, if we've seen the New Japan Cup, anything could happen. He beat Okada like a couple years ago, and I mean, he's he's beaten some top guys in this tournament before. So I just think that Fale has a tougher road this year yeah. than he's had in the past. Because he's probably going to have to beat Tanahashi and then move forward. He'll probably have to beat either Ishii or Elgin and Archer. That's a pretty tough call for the big man. Right. So I, I just I don't think his chances are as high as maybe some other people do. Right. So based on the majority's uh, predictions, we have a final uh, semifinal of Ishii and Tanahashi going into night seven. And that's what you have as well, right? Correct. Yeah, that's, that's what I have. That's what I have. That's what I have, yep. So our A blocks are identical right now, and that's what the majority have. So B block is kind of where things split up for us. So night uh, night six, based on this pr- proposition, what do you have? So uh, we're talking about Naito and Ibushi. Well, we're going to talk about... Yeah, we're going to talk about your pick. Right. Because, you know, we're the stars of the show. <laughs> Doesn't matter what the majority say. So you've got Naito going against Ibushi. Talk about why you picked that and, like, what your prediction is. All right. So, yeah, I have Naito versus Ibushi, and I have Naito defeating Ibushi. And pretty much like I mentioned, I feel like they need to get some uh, steam behind Naito. And I think a great performance in this tournament will help him get a title shot uh, pretty soon. And so, Fabushi kind of, you know, enthralled in the Golden Lovers Bullet Club storyline. I don't think that a lot of his attention will be, will get drawn away from, you know, capturing a title. So, I see Naito getting the win here. Um... I have the same bracket that the majority have has in this situation where they have Abushi going against Zack Sabre Jr. And 83% of you think that Kota Abushi is going to go over. And I've got the same prediction. I think Kota Abushi is going forward. Um, so you got Naito, you got Naito beating uh, Abushi going into the final, going into the semifinals, huh? Yep. Okay. So like for me, part of the reason why I've got Abushi is he is and I've given a lot of thought to this. He is in the middle of a storyline with the Golden Lovers and the Bullet Club split and all that. But at the same time, there is that wrinkle of like 
even though the Golden Lovers are back together, there's always been that professional rivalry about who's passing who up and which one is the Sean and which one is the Marty. And in the past, Ibushi was always the guy that was ahead until the last couple years where Omega started to really come on and come into his own. So how much of a tension would that cause if Kenny's over here trying to heal the Bullet Club and, you know, oust Cody and deal with that whole entire problem. And then you got Ibushi over here focusing on in on himself and he's going for a title and he's getting close to winning one. Plus, if you look at some of the ma- – now, here's one thing that's weird and we didn't talk about this yet. For the, for the matches that are announced for the four nights, every single night except for the nights when he's in the tournament matches, Ibushi's teaming with OG Bullet Club members. In multi-man matches. That is very interesting. Very weird. So they got him teaming with like, you know. Chase Owens. And like G.O.D. and stuff like that. Yeah. And like Tama or like, you know, like Fale and that whole crew. So I think that that's really strange because uh, we've never, I mean, he's not part of the Bullet Club. We've never really associated him with that side of things. So I think that's kind of telling to the storyline that they're trying to tell. But I think if Ibushi goes far in this tournament or even hypothetically were to win it. Oh my God! What kind of like, you know, tension would that cause if Ibushi goes just a couple weeks after the Golden Lovers match in in uh, Long Beach, he's scheduled to face Okada for the title? You know what I mean? So that's one story that they could be telling. That being said, I just don't see a story for Zack Saber Jr. to go forward. He could win here. Um, some of you think he will, but eighty three percent that predicted this match got Ibushi going forward. So that makes the most sense to me. Right. What would you say if you had Ibushi going against Zack Sabre Jr.? I think I would go with Ibushi. Yeah, yeah, me too. Now, I will say this. Originally, when I started this bracket, before I gave it more thought, I had Naito going over Ibushi. Um, and probably for the same reasons that you do. So we'll go into the second match here. We've got Yano versus Sonata, which is a heavily favored match. That's what the majority of people think is going to happen. And who do you have picked there? So I have uh, Sonata going over Yano. Um, like I mentioned, like we said before, you know, after that great world title match, you really kind of want to keep Sonata on a roll. Um, I, I don't think he needs to be losing to Yano here. Um, that would be crazy. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> I kind of, I can, I actually think this might be like a squash match. Like I feel like Sonata's going to beat Yano pretty quickly. They do do squash matches in this tournament. However, they don't usually do the tournament as spread out as they are right now. Right. So it might be different this year. But yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it could be. We saw we saw Naito squash Yano just like a couple years ago. Right. And you also have uh, Sonata going over here, right? Yeah. So I've got Sonata and. You know, one of the well, I've got Sonata for the same reasons that you're saying. I think like they're trying to push him. I think that they did a great job pushing him last month, and I think continuing to establish him as a star makes the most sense to me. Whereas Yano is a comedy character, and sure, like you know, we could get a kick out of Yano going far in the tournament like he does, you know, most years, but that doesn't do anybody any favors, especially not Sonata. And also, I think that. The two favored guys for him to go against are either Ibushi or Naito. And both of those matches sound way better than Yano going against any of those guys. Yeah, like I I'm so, I love Yano, but I do not want to see you in the semifinals, man. Yeah, so we're hoping... I will say this. For the people that predict this match, 100% of the people that are predicting Yano and Sonata mm-hmm. think Sonata's going to win. So Sonata's heavily favored to, you know, to advance to this point in the tournament. Um, I did pick Naito originally, 
because I thought it made the most sense to have Naito and Sonata eventually face off. We can talk about that here in a minute, but I'm sure that's probably what you were thinking too. Right. So yeah, so let's jump into that semifinal. So yeah, I had Naito. Well, let's, do you want to jump straight to that one? Because night seven is going to be the the A block. Okay. So let's talk about A block first. So we have what? uh, Majority of people with Tanahashi versus Ishii. Yeah. That's what you have? Yep. That's what I have. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> that so, makes it pretty uh, easy. I have uh, Tanahashi defeating Ishii. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I love Ishii, but it's the ace. Like, to me, I don't feel like Tanahashi comes back for this tournament unless he's going to the finals. I don't agree with that entirely. I think he could, I think he really could come back. Still be hurt just to put over Taichi and get out of there. Just to show his face, keep his name out there, and then he takes a break. Well, the only thing... Actually, I've said that a few times, and then I keep catching myself because he's working the rest of the tour. All right. But they're multi-man matches where they can kind of protect him. So it's not like he's working singles the whole time. So who knows? I don't know. I mean, we never know with Tanahashi. I mean, he's got a different opinion of his health and wrestling and his philosophy things like that but i just think that if he's gonna win the first round he needs to go all the way to the finals and if he isn't going to the finals he needs to lose in the first round that's my thoughts on it same thing with naito i have the same opinion on both of those matt both of those situations now i will say this when i booked this i did not book what i want to happen I you booked. book what you think is going to happen. I yeah. want Ishii to win. The whole theory of uh, book with your head and not your heart. Yeah, so I'm, I do think that there is a, a very good possibility that we get Ishii winning the whole entire tournament. Part of the reason why I didn't go with Ishii to get to that point is because Ishii is still technically in the, in the middle of a tag team run with Yoshihashi. You mean Toriyano? Toriyano. And I'm just thinking ahead, like, you know, we're not getting the tag match at the anniversary show. It seems like the most likely place for that to take place is either Long Beach or Sakura Genesis. And it wouldn't make sense in my mind for him to have a tag match and then a title match. You know, so just doing natural deduction, it's not likely that Ishii could win. However, we've talked about it before, you know, the whole entire storyline of Jay White asking why guys don't challenge other champions and that sort of thing. So could Ishii hypothetically, because again, we don't know what's going on with the tag titles. We don't even know if Evil's going to be back in time for these shows. So maybe they got to call an audible and maybe it makes the most sense to push Ishii to the title. I mean, do you think, could you see that happening? Yeah, I definitely could see that happening. So yeah, but I will say this for the people that booked Ishii Tanahashi to get to this point, 75% of those individuals think Tanahashi's winning. That means a quarter of the people still think Ishii is going to the finals, which is kind of telling. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of people, man. Ishii is a guy when I was looking after I did my bracket and I started looking through all the brackets that came in, Ishii was going far in a lot of people's brackets. We'll talk about that, but yeah, he definitely is one of the favored guys. Even though it doesn't, we're just going by majority 
you know, this like little majority, like fantasy booking, this doesn't indicate who the majority of people are telling who's going to win or anything like that. So Ishii's definitely got a chance to do this, especially with the way that some of you guys booked your brackets. But uh, I've got the ace. You've got the ace. So we both think that night nine, he's going to the finals, right? Yep. So then let's talk about the night eight, which is going to be the B block uh, finals. Right. So I have uh, Naito and Sonata booked here. And this is something that you and I talked about before. I'm not sure if we mentioned it on the air, but um, but we thought that, you know, Sonata, you know, to really elevate to the next level, he needs to, um, you know, take on Naito. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. Um, I just assumed that in order for, for like, Sonata to take the next step for his natural progression... There's gonna be have to be. There's gonna eventually be some tension between him and Naito, and I don't think that this will start a feud or anything like that. But we've seen when there's inter uh, like factional matches during tournaments, it can kind of spark that a little bit. You know what I mean? Right. And I mean, this could be the starting of a story of Sonata realizing he needs to get better than Naito yeah. to truly be a standout star. That we saw, you know, Ishii beat Okada clean in the G1 two years ago, and we're still waiting for, like, why did that happen? Because Okada, you know, still ended up going further in the tournament than him, that sort of thing, and we never got a title match between them. That's another reason why I think a lot of people believe eventually they're going to pay off the Ishii-Okada match by having one. But with that being said, um, I think that we could see Sonata versus Naito. That's... That was the way I originally booked my bracket, but once I started paying more attention to what Naito was doing and the Jericho and stuff, I ended up coming to the conclusion that Ibushi and Sonata would be the match, which is what the majority of people selected. So with that being said, um, I have Ibushi going over Sonata. Now here's an interesting thing. I thought that the amount of people that thought Ibushi would beat Sonata in in, in this hypothetical matchup would be higher, but it's only 83%. Which sounds like a lot, but we're getting to a point where there's not a ton of people making this match. There are people that think that Sonata has an outside chance of beating Ibushi. Now, what's funny is when I noticed that when Naito and Sonata are matched up, because that's the other popular pick, Naito wins almost always. But in the Ibushi-Sonata match, there are people that they think that's Sonata's chance to go to the finals. So that's like a really interesting like little tidbit there. Right. I mean, I think with Sonata going to the finals, it also kind of tells like another like little story of like, can Sonata like work his way to another title shot so quickly? I don't think it makes sense for him to get a, a rematch right back to back. I don't think so either, but that's like a story they could tell. They could. I think the reason I, I don't see to the finals and why most people is no one would believe anyways. And so, and it wouldn't make sense to give him a back-to-back run. Makes the most sense. Let him have like really good matches, get far into the tournament, have a good showing, but ultimately get knocked out so that he is still like benefited from being in the tournament, but not like hurt. Because I think it would hurt him to go to the. As weird as that sounds, I think it would hurt him to go to the finals, and everyone just knows he's not going to win. Right. Yeah. Like, was that that? What does that do for him? No. Yeah. Doesn't really help him out at all. If if you were if you saw it where it was Ibushi against Sonata, what would you what would your pick be there? I think I would go with Ibushi also. Okay. So then that leads us to the finals night nine. We um we ended up with different finals from one another. 
um, you ended up with Naito versus Tanahashi, which was going to be my finals. We were going to have the same bracket, Jeremy. Which, like, <laughs> I think that would have made a really boring show if that would have happened. Yeah. So but we were thinking the same way. And it's so weird because we, we didn't even talk. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah. I mean, usually throughout the week, we're talking about stuff. And like when it came to the brackets, like we didn't. We're, we're not talking at we all. We didn't talk. And like we're, we're now living. We in got this. heat. <laughs> we got heat, brother. We're now living together. And so, yeah, we did not talk about the brackets at all. We were like sequestered into our own little areas of the house, like right in our brackets. Uh, I was stressing about my bracket. Well, actually, I did my bracket in the barbershop. And yeah, like, you did yours in like a couple minutes. Yeah. It took me a lot of time to do mine. And the other thing, too, is like, I know this is fun, but like, A, I don't like the outcome of my brackets, but I think it's the most likely scenario. Yeah. I want Ishii to win. That's what I want. I want Ishii to go to the finals and win the New Japan Cup. But uh, aside from that, um, I also just feel like this is what's going to happen. And um, I don't know what my point was. I kind of start rambling. (laughs) (laughs) I think we were just talking about like how interesting it was that we could have had the same bracket at first. Oh, well, I had to call the audible because I started thinking about Naito and it just didn't make sense for, for me to have Naito go to the finals. I felt like with the upsets that they do... I think most of the listeners are right. The people that are like either Tanahashi is going to get upset or Naito is going to get upset. I think they're right. I think one of those two things is happening. I think it would be too like if this was a G1 final. Yeah, I could see Naito and Tanahashi for me. But because I don't think it's the G1, it's the New Japan Cup. Right. I think we got to have something else. And that's why I'm like, uh, they're not going to put the, the big two one against one another like that. You know what I mean? But what it so. Tell me what you think the backstory is going into this match and how you see it playing out. All right. So, yeah, in my finals, I have uh, Tanahashi and Naito booked. You have the ace who he wants to, you know, reclaim his status as, you know, the number one guy in New Japan. He's coming back from injury. Um, He also has the motivation to want to stop Okada from tying his um, title defense record. Um... And then Naito, obviously, he's been chasing the IWGP Championship. He failed at Wrestle Kingdom. He wants, you know, another chance to beat Okada. I'm sure he's learned from the loss and what could have come up with a strategy to beat Okada. So both of these guys have their motivation to the heavyweight title. But at the end of the day, I have Tanahashi going over Naito. Um, so you could set up that Tanahashi Okada match where Tanahashi is trying to stop Okada from getting, from tying his record for successful title defenses. Right. That's a great story. I could totally see that happening. And we know the amazing matches that Okada and Tanahashi have. Um, so and, that, and Naito and Tanahashi. Right. And also, you know, you, you got to think of like what's going to draw for a uh, Sakura Genesis. And obviously, you know, an Okada Tanahashi match, I think, is definitely a big draw anytime they wrestle each other. Right. And those matches are so good. And I mean, I mean, if you look at the booking logist- logically, like Tanahashi probably wouldn't beat Okada. But I mean, hey, at the end of the day, you never know. Like, Tanahashi is good enough to beat, you know, K-Fabe is good enough to beat Okada. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot to chew on, a lot to think about. So I ended up, now here's the crazy thing, guys. My bracket is literally this bracket, this, this, uh, when we did the, um, you know, the averages of what people predicted, 
and came up with with the fantasy booking, I have the exact same bracket down to the winner. However, that does not mean that that is the most popular finals. It's it's the actually the second most popular finals, and the winner is not the most popular winner either. So that's not to say that I'm going to be right or this is exactly what it is. It just kind of – I don't know. It's kind of crazy. It worked out. I will say this. Of everybody else that sent in brackets, I am the only person that has this bracket exactly down to a T. I know Rich Latta. Uh, shout out to Rich, One Nation radio host, um, writer for The Social Suplex, uh, Latta's Lariato. He um, – he had almost the exact same um, bracket as me. The only match that we defer on is he thinks Davy Boy Smith Jr. is beating Yano. <laughs> Man, that was uh, one of the people we were talking about earlier that had Davy Boy over Yano. Oh, I was I'm like, like, yes, we don't have the same bracket. <laughs> and if it comes down to where this is the case, I'm definitely going to win. <laughs> so, with that being said, I ended up with Ibushi versus Tanahashi as my final. And that was actually the final that 20% of people that made predictions ended up with as well. The reason I came to came down to this was for the same reasons you were saying. Uh, what we already talked about, I think Tanahashi, if he's coming back early, it makes the most sense that if he's not getting knocked out in the first... Now, if he gets knocked out in the first round, my whole bracket's screwed from that point. <laughs> I'm done. Same, same here. Really. Yeah. But if Tanahashi wins, I think he's got to go to the finals. And I think it makes a lot of sense for him, for them to tell the story of, you know, I'm trying to prove that I'm not done, prove that I still got it, stop this man from tying my record to prove that he is still the ace and that he's the greatest IWGP champion of all time, not this new kid Okada. And kind of like, we haven't seen these two guys wrestle since the G1 two years ago. So that's kind of like, we've seen it a lot of times, but there's enough time that's passed where that that could be a big match that they could do. On the other hand, I've got a Bushi, and I kind of talked about how it would cause a huge wrinkle in the whole storyline if Ibushi's off chasing for the title. Mm-hmm. And if he actually succeeds and makes it to the finals, and then you've got Kenny off on the side. Especially since, because Kenny, the whole reason Kenny's not in this tournament, because he wants because of Ibushi. Right. Yeah, so that makes... And then you have the other backstory where Ibushi and Tanahashi wrestled each other twice last year, once during the G1. And then at King of Pro Wrestling. Yeah, and Tanahashi has been very outspoken how he thinks that Ibushi should be the new guy, the one to take his mantle, the next ace, if he would just settle down and commit himself that he's that talented. So he sees a lot. It's a generational match because he sees a lot of himself in Ibushi. We saw how great those matches were, especially the King of Pro Wrestling match. Yeah, that was fire. Freaking awesome match. So I think that this match as a final is one of the best finals that you could possibly end up with. I think logically it makes a lot of sense. I think that also during the t- during, I didn't talk about this, but during the tour, Abushi interacts in matches with uh, Okada a lot. Yeah. And with that being said, I think ultimately, I think there's too much going on off on the side for Abushi to get a title shot at Sakura Genesis. Although they could go that way, if they did it, I wouldn't be surprised. But I got Tanahashi winning. So we both end up with Tanahashi winning. But two different ways. But two totally different ways. And for this Ibushi-Tanahashi match, 75% of people that predict this final predict Tanahashi's going to win it. So I'm literally this whole entire, like, you know, calculation. It just it, – it's literally a fluke. But I have the exact same bracket as this entire thing for the majorities. 
So maybe it's the fact that I know exactly what I'm talking about <laughs> and I am completely right and I'm going to be winning a free shirt. Or maybe it's the fact that like I'm too obvious. My my choices are too, too obvious. obvious and your bracket's going to bust yeah. on the first night. Yeah, I could be done at, on the first night and then I'm going to be like, all right, I'm done with keeping a strong style. <laughs> not doing this show anymore. I'll be putting out an ad for a new co-host. <laughs> so, yeah, so that I think we both got Tanahashi going into the finals. Um, here are the three matches that are the most popular finals. The most popular finals, 25% of you think that Kota Ibushi is going to end up wrestling Tomohiro Ishii in the finals. Hey, I'm all for that. I'm down match. for that, dude. That's going to be like the high, the hard hitting of Ishii, the high flying of Ibushi. I mean, Ibushi can strike hard too, so it could turn into a strike battle. Well, he used to be a uh, K1 fighter. Right. So, I mean, yeah. I, I literally thought at one point, I don't know if you remember me, because um, we didn't talk about our brackets, but I did talk about my finals. And I was like, could you see Ibushi Ishii? And you're like, yeah. And I was like, dang it. I was like, I, I was stressing. I didn't know like what to do. But yeah, 25% of you think Ibushi Ishii is going to be the final. Um, in second place, 20% of fans think agree with me. They think Ibushi versus Tanahashi is going to be the final. So it's very interesting that 45% of our listeners think Ibushi is going to the finals, right. which I kind of thought he was an outside guy that could get eliminated pretty early on. Yeah. But a lot of people think he's going. And then uh, 15% of you guys agree with me that Naito and Tanahashi will be the main event. So that's 60% of the votes right there. And there's three clear favorite finals. There are another 40%, but they were all over the place. Even though a lot of these brackets were similar, once we start getting to the second and third round, yeah, they were all over the place. So, I mean, we got a lot of different finals, but these were the ones that got multiple votes by a lot of the brackets and it seemed like these tend to be what most people think are going to be the finals like the most popular and then for the winner so we've got four clear cut like leaders for yes, what people think are going favorites. to be the yeah four favorites coming out the gate right away so yeah first at uh we'll start from the bottom at 15% Naito 15% of you guys think Naito's taking it at all I just don't see it. Yeah. He is one of the guys that I think could win it, but I just don't see it for Tetsuya Naito. Only because I think that they... I think it's with what they did at Wrestle Kingdom. I don't think with uh, the whole Jericho feud going on, it makes a lot of sense to have Naito turn around and win the title. I think they need to heat him up a bit more, and I think giving him a G1 win makes way more sense than having him win New Japan Cup. Now, I could be wrong, but I think I don't see Naito winning this. Then 20% of you guys have uh, Kota Ibushi as your winner. 25% of you guys have Tanahashi as your winner. And then the number one favorite, 30% of you guys that sent your brackets in, believe that Tomohiro Ishii is going to be the 2018 New Japan Cup winner. So that's 90% of our voters. Even though we got a lot of different finals, 90% of the people are pretty much agreeing that these are the four favorites to win the New Japan Cup. And then there were some outside like picks. I think someone picked like Taichi. Someone picked Sonata. Didn't somebody have like Michael Elgin? Uh, Michael Elgin? Yeah. Yes. I mean, there's some outside picks, but these are the guys that most people, you know, think are going to, you know, go to the final. So before we like finish this segment, Let's talk about why it makes sense and what you expect from these four guys 
to face Okada because that's really what this is all pointing right. towards. So Ishii, we've mentioned this a couple times now. It makes sense because you know he beat Okada before and it was never paid off. Yeah. So you can finally pay it off, and then um, Switchblade Jay White, you know, he's bringing in this whole why can't people challenge people in their own faction? So you could have Ishii, you know, maybe Okada thinks that Ishii is not going to challenge him, and it ends up like, no, I am challenging you. Yeah. And you cause some drama and dissension there oh, between I, chaos. Bro, the moment you just said. <laughs> that I just like my ears perked up and I was like they could definitely do that and like I got goosebumps thinking right like, like you could have like Okada thinking like I challenge you Okada-san right like <laughs> you could have Okada thinking um Ishii's gonna challenge like Suzuki or um who's never champion oh well Goto's a chaos guy it's three, uh, it's three chaos champions right now as it stands right got Go- well no Goto's not the champion Suzuki Goto's never champion. Oh, yeah, Suzuki's yeah. the Intercontinental champion. I, bro, I keep thinking that the IC title's the never title because it's Goto and Suzuki. Right. My God. Yeah, so, I mean, the only guy that he could challenge for a singles belt... That's non-chaos. That's non-chaos is Suzuki for the IC title. Right. So, yeah, Okada could think that he's challenging Suzuki and he could be like... So that they have a clean sweep of the whole field because, you know, Osprey's got the other title. Mm-hmm. That's a good story. Yeah, that's a good story. Then uh, with Tanahashi, we've mentioned that Tana wants to stop Okada from tying his record. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's a... I think one thing, too, to take into consideration when we talk about these matches is the title record of defenses that um, Okada has had, who he has faced. And who he has not faced so far, because there's only so many limited defenses he has left before he eventually does inevitably lose the title. And so which of these guys makes the most sense for him to face and either lose to or even defeat before, you know, dropping the belt at some point in the near future? Um, Tanahashi is one of those big he's already beaten out of the big like the big four. He's beaten Omega. He's beaten um, Naito. Naito. He's beaten uh, who else is there? Um, he had well the, the big four like those two guys and then yeah. Tanahashi. Right. He hasn't faced Tanahashi. He hasn't faced Tanahashi with this title run yet. Yeah, he beat him for the belt originally. No, no, no. Dude. He beat Naito. That's right. He beat Naito. I'm thinking back to Wrestle Kingdom. My bad. He hasn't faced him in this title run at all, and it's been years since Tanahashi's had a title run. So this might be like his one last like grasp at glory All right. before he rides off in the sunset. So I feel like that match does make a lot of sense. And then you have Ibushi who is another guy that he hasn't faced. I mean, he did wrestle him as Tiger Mask W last year at the anniversary show, but that was a different character in kayfabe. Right. Uh, he wrestled a slightly different style as that character as well, and they have not faced one another for the title yet. And so... I think that if Ibushi is getting a title shot, especially with the fact that like the storyline going back to Invasion Attack in 2015 when he got the ti- he won the New Japan Cup, he got the title shot against AJ, Kenny cost him the belt. It's three years later, and in the same building he gets a, a redemption shot after coming back and like going off and finding himself and all the voyage that he's been on. I think that that story makes a lot of sense. For Ibushi to like face Tanahashi, or I'm sorry, uh, Okada. Right. The one, the one match that just unless Naito's winning the belt doesn't make sense to me is Naito. 
Right, and it doesn't make sense to me either. That's why I had. It would to- suck if Naito lost to. I I thought Naito was going to lose in Wrestle Kingdom. I predicted that, but there's no way he's going to lose the Again. rematch. Again, if he loses the rematch, I will be like actually legit pissed at, at uh, Ghetto. Yeah, because everyone else was, and I wasn't, and I got it, and I understood like the chase and the storyline. But if he like gets a title shot this soon and doesn't get get the the comeuppance, I will be so pissed. So that's why I'm like, I don't even want that to happen unless I feel very confident. Like it's time for Okada to go out of pasture. It's it's Naito's time, and I just don't know that it really is yet with the way that they booked him post. Right. And, I mean, and I'm pretty sure they want Okada to a. Uh, at least tie the record, if not break it. So he's winning at Sakura Genesis. Yeah, that makes the most sense. So with that's another thing. Yeah, so whoever he faces is most likely going to put him over again just so that he can tie the record. And it, with the fact that it, the record's on the line, it makes the most sense for Tanahashi to be the guy. It makes the most sense for Tanahashi to be the guy to take the loss at that point. I think that's why, why both you and I ended up with Tanahashi picks, right? Right. Um, if you could, if you could book one of these, th- like one of these four guys, though, which match would you think you'd be most excited to see? Um, I think the Ishii match, just because we haven't seen it since what when was that that he beat Okada? Twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. We haven't seen it in like two years. Um, I mean, both of those guys have elevated their uh, uh, in ring ability since then. That's the match that I would be most excited yeah. about. Uh, seeing Ishii get a shot at the title against Okada in the in Sumo Hall, that's like it like gets my like, <laughs> like, it's like my juice is flowing, man. And like it also, I really want to see that match. And that, it also gives you hope that once this Ishii Yano team's done, maybe Ishii can be a, a heavyweight uh, champion contender. I'm tired of him getting to like the the finals of the New Japan Cup and not not getting the big one. Right. So yeah. Very exciting segment. So yeah, someone, great stuff. So, someone out there is getting a T-shirt. Yeah, it might they, be it might be us. <laughs> it might be you. We don't know. Thank you, all of you guys that um, upvoted that post and sent in your uh, brackets to us. We really appreciate it. We were overwhelmed by the amount of brackets that came in. Yeah, like we. We just came up with the idea on the fly. We didn't think too many people would actually take it seriously. Right. Every and we threw, well, we threw that out like Friday afternoon, right? Friday night? Yeah. Like the the, the opportunity to uh, join this was only a couple days. Right. That's probably our fault. We Next time we'll be a little more prepared. But um, yeah, thank you guys for, for participating and listening to the show and all your kind words and everything that you guys are doing. That, like It means a lot. It's awesome. All right. So now we're going to... Uh, wind things down with our news segment give you guys all the latest news in the world of new japan pro wrestling josh what's in the newsroom this week so a lot is going on um the first thing that really was reported this past week was the uh news report from tv asai asahi i don't know how to pronounce that uh but yeah they they came out talking about the new japan uh world subscriptions um actually chris Charlton, I don't know if you guys have seen him. He's always posting stuff on right. uh, on uh, Twitter. He's he's got awesome content. So if you if you know that, you should follow him because he's always posting. What's really his handle? Stuff. His handle's at Reason JP. Yeah, so give that man a follow. Uh, but he said that TV Asahi uh, announced that the New Japan World subscribers went up forty percent ahead of Wrestle Kingdom twelve, and that foreign membership went went up to eighty percent, with the US seeing a sixty percent increase. This is hot off the heels of a 
Wrestle Alpha Kingdom versus Omega. Yeah. And then he said, um, let me see here. I think basically the that was pretty much it, just that the numbers went up, but that they are anticipating that um, that the numbers are going to jump once again with the Strong Style Evolved show, and that they jumped last year when they did the Long Beach show for the G1 special in the US. So just seeing like those numbers, that's like really crazy, like a 40% jump for the whole... We talked about that earlier in the year, a 40% jump, but that... 80% was um, foreign and 60%, you know, it was U.S. increases. So, I mean... Yeah, I believe uh, Jericho quote tweeted that and said, yeah, you're welcome, New Japan. <laughs> <laughs> did he? Yeah, he did. I'm not active enough on, like, uh, Twitter to, like, see what people are, like, tweeting and stuff like that. A um, couple other things, too. Did you see the the uh, tweet from um, Chucky e. T to Okada? Yes, yeah, so when he said, uh, little Kazu, who makes your pants? Yeah, he's like, hook a brother up, man. And uh, Okada basically just said, my mommy made these. Yeah. <laughs> and that just reminded me of, like, Marty's girl, the, the bow tie. Yeah. <laughs> my mom my mom put this on my bow tie. Um, you know, I still hate those pants so much, and they're not ever going to get over with me, like, at all. Right. Even, I, even like, just the other day. We, we, yeah, we were, watch, we were watching Okada and Sonata, and, like, Josh was like, damn it. <laughs> I was like, bro, what, what am I, what, I'm like, what's wrong? What, what happened? He's like, I keep forgetting that Okada's coming out in these pants. I'm like, oh, my God. Bro, Okada will be doing something so awesome in the middle of the match, and then he'll kick his legs up, and I'll see the flare of the Disco Inferno cut on his pants and it pisses me off so bad um you know we we kind of thought that the person who sabotaged okada's entire career was some sort of like tailor or seamstress but now we know it's his mom yeah it always be the people closest to you yeah it's it's always (laughs) your own people it's always your own people oh Oh my my god so yeah so okada's pants were made by his mom so Mystery solved. We've been wondering it for a while. Yeah. That's your news this week. Have a great night. <laughs> Good night. Ain't no, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, also, um, if you guys, I think we talked about this this person before, but I don't know. We haven't made mention of it in a while. If you are not subscribed to Showbuckle as Showbuckle, S-H-O-W-B-U-C-K-L-E on YouTube, this guy is making some of the best content on the entire internet when it comes to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Jeremy, uh, you, you caught the newest uh, docu- like mini documentary that he did, right? Right. It was the history of the Golden Luck Lovers. I'm trying to look up his uh, Twitter handle here to make sure I can plug that correctly. This guy's on a different level. Like Yeah, so his Twitter handle is at showbucklevids and you, he has a link to his YouTube channel there. But yeah, he's told a tale of the Golden Lovers in this latest video and it's about uh, 18 minutes and it gives you the whole backstory on the Golden Lovers and how Kenny and Coda met and just the formation of their team how they fell apart um, so I mean great great stuff um, I highly recommend you watching that I mean he also put out like you know the history of uh, Naito the rise and fall of Naito mm-hmm. I mean there's tons of great content on the show Buckles vid YouTube Dude, channel he needs to get on the payroll uh, with New Japan Pro Wrestling and they need to like put their money behind him and let him just pay because his interpretations of the stories and the way that he narrates it it's really professional and um, I think we talked about how Kenny Omega had tweeted out about um, <clears throat> the Twitter background on the uh, 
on the Golden Lovers and their history and stuff. And that that was, that's another great resource. But this Showbuckle documentary was really awesome. So, yeah. Um, that just came out this past week. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Go out of your way. Catch that. Um, aside from that, we got some other interesting news when it comes to Long Beach. So um, it's a little bit unrelated, but somewhat related to New Japan. So um, the the independent wrestlers, the international stars, uh, Walter and Keith Lee, were both rumored this past week to have been offered WWE contracts. And um, one thing that why this is uh, of interest to us is that Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter said that Keith Lee is actually expected to perform in Long Beach this this uh, coming April or is it March? March. March. March twenty fifth. Yeah, so we may be seeing Keith Lee um, wrestle in uh, Long Beach. We're definitely going to be seeing both of these guys WrestleMania weekend. We've already got most of our tickets booked out, but. Um, you know what? What were these guys saying when the news kind of broke out? Uh, both of these guys, like normally guys do, denied the record. Denied that. Um, both of them through Twitter uh, sent tweets out denying that neither of them had signed contracts. Pretty much, you know, don't believe what you hear on the internet, kind of stuff. So, I mean, you know, if they if they have been offered contracts, we see in the past wrestlers, you know, work us and be like, you know, I don't have a contract. Um, you know, we're not signed with WWE kind of thing. I mean, we saw this last year with the Broken Hardys. Um, they um, denied, you know, working WWE. You know, they were working the, the, the big ladder match with the Young Bucks. And next thing you know, next night, they're showing up WrestleMania 33. So there's so many guys you can look back to that have tried to kayfabe us and say that they're not signing. And that's pretty much with what Keith Lee and Walter are both doing right now. Um, you know, these guys are both top indie stars, so it does not surprise me that Triple H is trying to add to his collection of top indie guys in NXT. But at the same time, um, I could see New Japan want to bring both those guys in. Maybe they are in the G1 this year. I don't know. Well, maybe, possibly. I know Walter is just a bruiser, and, you know, he's based out of WXW out in, I believe, Germany. Yeah. And he's a trainer out there. And in the past, he hasn't shown any interest in coming to Japan or really wrestling for WWE either. So I would be surprised if that part of it is true. Keith Lee is definitely a guy I could see going to WWE, even though I don't know if they would know what to do with him. Um, I've been wanting to see him come to New Japan. We After watching the match that he had with uh, Ishii, yeah, like we got to see this guy. So I am wondering what match they would even do with him uh, in Long Beach if he did hypothetically work that card. I, I mean, this is not an official report. We don't know that Keith Lee is coming to Long Beach. It's just a rumor that we heard from Dave Meltzer. Sometimes he's right, sometimes he's wrong. All right, uh, but I mean, who who would you want to see Keith Lee wrestle? Ishii. That's, that's not Ishii. Yeah. Well, we're he's well. We're gonna see it in May. Yeah, they're wrestling what, again. Um. Let's see. Who would be a great match for Keith Lee? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe Elgin? Yeah. Like, uh, Elgin might be really good. What about Goto? That could be good. Yeah. Suzuki. Oh, my. That's who I want. I want him to wrestle Minoru Suzuki. That that could be the IC match. IC title match. He, yeah, he's not getting an IC title shot. Dude, they gave Billy Gunn a freaking <laughs> IC title match last year at, at Strong. I keep, forget, I keep forgetting they did that crap. Right. <laughs> Trying to appeal to the American audience. 
Oh my god. So, so they could have tried to appeal to the American audience with an actual top indie guy and Keith Lee and give him an IC title match. So speaking of Long Beach, let's talk about the news that broke over the weekend about Rey Mysterio. Yeah, unfortunately, Rey Mysterio uh, got injured at a show this weekend. It For seemed, uh, Northeast Wrestling. Yeah, it seems to be a left bicep tear. Um, nothing. There's not an official diagnosis, but um, there was a lot of swelling on the left bicep after the match. Uh, I mean, Rey Mysterio is a guy he has been around for a while. I mean, he's been injured a lot throughout his career. So he would pr- know pretty much how, from what he's saying, I mean, it sounds like it's pretty serious. Yeah, so, you know, with with the stuff that you're saying, it's absolutely right. Rey Mysterio was working a Northeast wrestling show. He was tagging with Flip Gordon. And I forget who they were facing, but I know Joey Mercury was one of the guys and it, uh, apparently the report was that he told Joey that he was hurt. They were going to call an audible and stop the match um, or change the finish. But Ray was able to kind of power through it, hit, hit the 619 and get a uh, flying splash for the 1-2-3 right at the end of the match. But, you know, he, he basically came out and said, I'm hurt. And like you said, he's been around for a long time. So this is a guy who, if he says he's hurt, he's probably hurt. And they fear that it might be a bicep tear um, just because they said that it started swelling and it was bruising and he was in a lot of pain. So that could definitely be the case. Now, we know that WWE has interest in bringing him back. There's been talks between those two parties and who knows if they would have him work with uh, a hurt, like a minor injury. But I think after what happened with like Dean Ambrose this past year, how he worked through the uh, injury and then eventually he's missing a ton of time because he didn't. And also we know about like Tanahashi. Right. And uh, Beretta. And Beretta. Well, Beretta's taken time off, but Tanahashi worked through it and did permanent damage to his arm. Right. So I don't know what Ray's ultimately going to end up doing. The question that we have is this going to put uh, his match with uh, Jushin Thunder Liger in jeopardy. Exactly. So I don't know. I don't know if we're going to still see, uh, you know, 619. And uh, also, you know, we talked about last week him, you know, canceling some WrestleMania bookings. Yeah. With the potential of him showing up at WWE WrestleMania weekend. So that could be off the table, too. Yeah, he might not even be. Now he's probably not working. Anything. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know. All the best wishes to Ray. Uh, you know, if he's healthy, I'd like to see him wrestle because I, I still think that match is going to be awesome. But I I hope that he's healthy. And if he needs to take time off uh, to, to get healthy, then, you know, that's what he should do. Just like I thought the same thing about Tanahashi. But now I've got him going all the way to Sakura Genesis. Right. <laughs> Apparently. Right. Uh, maybe I'm like the biggest, maybe we're the biggest idiots like in, in podcasting because we're talking about a guy who we, a few months ago, like we we're like, he needs to go away for a long time. He needs to rap. He needs to hang it up. And all of a sudden we're like, Tanahashi, Sakura Genesis, book it, pal. Goddamn, pal. We're idiots. Um Let's talk about some WrestleMania weekend news. So there's been a lot of developments just this past week that's re- uh, related to New Japan, and it's awesome. So the WrestleCon Super Show, they just announced we are getting Ishii versus Jeff Cobb. Dude, that match is going to be amazing. We're going to be there in we person are. to see it. I believe we're going to be seeing Ishii, what, wrestle three times that weekend? Three times, because they also made the announcement this week that he is officially going to be on Super Card of Honor as well. So I guess you were right when you said that they put that little line mark logo on the Ring of Honor logo for Super Card of Honor. They weren't playing. Like, we're getting a lot of New Japan talent. 
Right. I'm not going to be surprised if Minoru Suzuki's working that card too, actually. Right. So. Yeah, we're going to be seeing um, Ibu- um, Ishii three times. We're going to be seeing Ibushi three times. Yeah, uh, they just announced this, this weekend that Kota Ibushi is going to be officially on the Ref Pro WrestleMania weekend uh, show. So we, we're going to be there as well. So, I mean, right now, as far as New Japan talent for the weekend, we're expected to see. For, for like big guys we're expected to see Tanahashi uh, Oka- uh, I'm sorry Ibushi uh, Ishii Kenny Omega um, someone else I'm missing right Suzuki yeah and and various other like guys that are shared between Ring of Honor and New Japan but those are like the exclusive guys that I've I've never I've only seen Kenny Omega I've never seen the rest of those guys wrestle in real life yeah same here it's gonna be amazing and like we mentioned guys we are gonna be out there um, in New Orleans if you're out there we'd love to meet you guys and hang out with you guys um, so if you see us I at think the we're show gonna have like a social suplex meetup at some point we're gonna yeah. get organized we'll figure it out yeah so yeah we'd love to you know meet the guys that are listening to our show and checking out our columns so yeah um, we, we'll give you some details on some meetup stuff and uh, stay tuned to how you can uh, catch up with us in uh, New Orleans. That weekend, too, I'm not going to go down the whole rundown, but uh, if you're a Ring of Honor fan and you're going to be there for Supercard of Honor like us, uh, they f- they've now come out with the full announcement of the Festival of Honor um, list of events and things that will be going on from like 1.30 until the pay-per-view starts. And there's going to be games and panels and Q&As and, uh, you know, um, what's it called? Like photo session ops and all sorts of different, like really cool stuff. Right. There's going to be the uh, some Woman of Honor matches, right? Yeah. So they're, they're running the Women of Honor uh, tournament to crown the first ever Women of Honor champion. And the finals are going to be on the pay-per-view that night. But the two semifinal matches are going to take place on At the pre-show. The festival. Yeah, at the Festival of Honor at 6.30 p.m. Uh, I don't know if they're Eastern Standard Time. I think they are, though. Maybe mm. maybe not. But it's going to be at 6.30 that time. So that's, that's like, the big news is that, you know, they're running these two matches. And if you're a fan of women's wrestling or, you know, they, they are expected to have stardom stars there. Uh, so I think it's uh, Mayu Iwatani. I believe that's who it is, yeah. She's like the big star from Stardom that's there, and I, I'm guessing she's going to at least go to the semifinals, maybe even the finals. So um, that's pretty much it for news for the for WrestleMania weekend. Speaking of Ring of Honor, though, we've got a quite a bit of Ring of Honor news coming up. Um, 16th anniversary is on its way. Yeah, 16th anniversary is coming up. I believe it's this coming up Friday. This soon? Yeah, I think so. Let me. If it's this soon, we should probably get our uh, our, our honor club membership. Our honor club membership. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some really interesting matches that were announced for uh, the 16th anniversary that I want to see. <laughs> yeah. So yes, it is this Friday, March 9th. So by the time you'll be listening to this, you'll be a few days away. So be sure to get your Honor Club membership. Cheap plug for the Honor Club. They're not even paying us to do this. <laughs> they need to get us on our payroll. Um, I don't know who runs uh, we need Ring a call, of Honor, but we need to get a uh, contact Called the de- uh, Delirious. Yeah. <laughs> call my main man Cheeseburger. Right. Carrie uh, uh, Silken, uh, Jerry, uh, Gary Jester. Oh, speaking of which... Uh, Last bit of WrestleMania weekend news. WrestleCon did officially announce that Trent Beretta is out of the Golden Lovers versus Best Friends match and that they're going to be uh, making some sort of replacement for him 
to tag team with uh, Chucky T. So they're not doing a whole new tag team. They're going to just do a replacement for Trent Beretta. Um, and I don't at, know who it could be. Oh, well, I've got my ideas. Well, at the Ring of Honor, they had the uh, Man- Mayhem in Manhattan show this weekend. Yeah. And uh, Cheeseburger was Chuck E. T's partner with the team name Chuck of e. Chuck e. Chuck e. Cheese. Oh, my God. I do not want to see the team of... Chuck E. Cheese versus Golden Lovers? No, I don't want to see that. <laughs> I like I like Cheeseburger, and I've seen him have good matches with Kenny and it, like good comedy spots. We saw that like New Year's Dash, but I don't know, man. If that's the headline of the show for WrestleCon Super Show that I'm paying for, I don't want that to be the headliner. Right. I also, I'm going to go on record, I don't want to see freaking Rocky Romero take that spot, even though that would probably be a good match. We've already seen a match with, uh, we saw this in Lakeland, and I'm, I'm talking from a purely like selfish standpoint right I want to see the Golden Lovers face someone that is like a dream I, I just want them to just let them face the Lucha Brothers like that's what they should have done that's what it should be but we're not getting that we're getting Chucky e. T in some sort of like replacement right I was I was happy when it was best friends but now that it's just Chucky e. T I'm like who are they gonna put, put him in there with like I don't know so if it's Rocky Romero or, or uh, Cheeseburger I'm gonna be kind of pissed yeah but uh, back to the 16th anniversary, um, Flip Gordon is taking on uh, Hiromu Takahashi. Yeah, so that is we saw them, uh, you know, face off twice during the Honor Rising cards, and uh, both guys got a pinfall over the other. So, so it's kind of like a rubber match in a way. In a way, except they've never been, they've never faced off one on one. One on one, yeah. So this should be really good. I mean, if you guys haven't seen Flip after our recommendation, then we disown you. You need to stop <laughs> listening to this show. Uh, but for the for those of you that know Flip or have seen Flip and you know Hiromu and how crazy is this match has uh, match of the night written all over it. Right, and I mean. This is more of a sign that Flip Gordon's probably going to be in best of Super Juniors this year. I think so. Um, some other, like, I don't know the whole card for, for 16th anniversary, but I know we're getting uh, Matt Taven versus Cody for the ring, for the uh, their uh, grudge match, because they've been fighting over the ring of honor that Cody owns. And I know they're doing uh, Matt, T- or uh, freaking, who's the champion? Uh, Dalton Castle versus Jay Lethal. Dalton Castle versus Jay Lethal. So I mean, those are three matches that look like pretty good. Um, 16th anniversary should be good. I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, Roman versus Flip. So there's also going to be ROH tag titles with the Morris City Machine Guns against the Briscoes. Uh, Marty Skrull is taking on Punishment Martinez. The uh, win- the winner gets a future Ring of Honor World Title shot. Oh, I think Marty's winning that. They they've yeah. been heating him up on TV to to get a future title shot. Seems like which that could kind of play into the. Uh, Whole Bullet Club storyline. The Bullet Club storyline, yeah. And then um, the Hung Bucks will be defending their six-man Ring of Honor titles against SoCal Uncensored. That's Christopher, They're losing those belts. That's Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. Yeah, they're. I'm going to call it right now that the Hung Bucks are dropping the belts Friday. Yeah. That's it for them. Um, there's some other uh, news. So we just came off of the Manhattan Mayhem show. 
Um, there was a couple things we wanted to talk about, but I forget what it was. Yeah, so there was a match between Cody and Flip Gordon. If you watch right. Being the Elite, there's this whole thing where Flip really wants to be booked on the all-in and trying to get the Young Bucks to help him get booked on all-in. And Cody does not want Flip on all-in, so they had a match. If Flip beat Cody, he could be booked on all-in. He ended up losing the match, so Flip, as, as of right now, is out. He's all out. Yeah, he's all out. He put a he put a tweet out there. He is all out. <laughs> so um, and then, there's no way Flip Gordon's not going to actually be on that card. Right. You also said to me earlier today. You said that you think that Flip is Barry the, uh, what's his name? Oh, I think that Flip could possibly be uh, Barry the Bear. Barry the drug free bear. Yeah. Yeah, that I've seen some people on Twitter kind of arguing about like who actually like Barry actually is. So that's pretty funny. I saw that he put a, tw- a tweet out and he and Barry was like, "I'm not gold dust." <laughs> <laughs> oh. So that's pretty funny. Um, and so yeah, also at the uh, Manhattan Mayhem, uh, there was oh yeah, Hangman. Yeah, there was a eight man tag with the Young Bucks, Adam Page, and Marty Scurll taking on the kingdom and Shane Taylor. And at some point in the match, Adam Page went up to like a balcony era area and did a moonsault onto the whole, uh, everybody else in the match. Mm-hmm. And then uh, of course, you know, on Twitter, somebody made a gif of it and um, Adam Page tweeted that gif to Ibushi. What'd he say? No, he just, I think he just tagged Ibushi in it. Like he just he, tweeted it to him? Yeah. Huh. Like he, uh, he very qu- interesting. He quote retweeted it and just tagged. Yeah, I think Hangman's one of those guys this year that like how evil got kind of pushed last year, and so did um, so did Juice. I think Hangman's gonna be one of the one of the guys that gets a big push this year. Yeah, and I'm kind of surprised Hangman's not in the New Japan Cup a little yeah. bit. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Um, but yeah, the GIF. You, if you follow this Twitter account, there it's a really popular Twitter account. They do GIFs of like every promotion, every show at Total Diva SEPS. Um, whoever runs that account, they're always capturing all these great GIFs from WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, New Japan, DDT, Stardom. Like they GIF everything. So yeah, the GIF of him doing the moonsault off the balcony area and he just quote re- retweeted that and he tagged Ibushi nice so yeah I mean maybe we'll see a match between them down the road who knows yeah um, speaking of Ring of Honor they also announced this past week that they will be doing the Honor United Tour in May meaning that Ring of Honor is going to England they're and running a uh, three night three night tour and I believe New Japan guys are going to be on that tour yeah they, they said New Japan will be you know co-joint producing it so right it's gonna be mainly a ring of honor show but they're gonna be featuring talent from ring of honor um, new japan last last year during this tour they had the big lij versus bullet club 10-man tag yeah those matches were great yeah so um if you are a honor club member on march 7th at 10 a.m tickets will go on sale for the for the uh shows um over there in england and if you are not a Honor Club member and you're a general, you know, just a general fan, on March 9th, you can get your tickets. They go on sale at 10 a.m. It's going to be a, a three-city tour. Um, I didn't write down the cities, but I think it's like Birmingham and like London and a couple 
maybe Eddingham. I can't remember Sussex. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, check that out. They just put, they just posted it, and the tickets are going on sale shortly. So by the time that this show's dropping, you should still have time to get your tickets if you are, you know, one of our listeners from England, or you plan to make your way over to um, to Europe and you want to. They should be great. And then um, the last bit of news for Ring of Honor, well, I guess by extension is all in. Right. So the reports are that the next episode of Being the Elite, the all in location is finally going to be announced. And I've been hearing that um, Chicago is going to be the location. I've heard. Well, remember, they, they kind of teased. They said New York. Cleveland, Chicago, and LA right. were like the the big four. So I would not be surprised if it is Chicago, but um, kind of hoping maybe it's not Chicago. Maybe it's like New York. Well, maybe Chicago would be cheaper because I kind of want to go to this. Right. Yeah. But well, Cleveland, we could go to Ohio. Yeah. Any 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 of those three we could go to. If it's in LA, we're probably out. Yeah. We're gonna we're, be all we're, out. We're gonna be like flip. We're like flip. <laughs> we're all out. So be on the lookout. Uh, I don't know when the next episode is going to drop. It seemed, it's been taking a little while, and I'm waiting for this next episode to drop because I want this storyline to kind of move forward. You know what I'm saying? Right. Aside from that, we got uh, New Japan news. Oh, oh, there was one thing. Speaking of being the elite, uh, if the, for those of you that are fans of being the elite, you might be familiar with uh, their comedy character, El Chico Luchador. They uh, announced this past week that there is an El Chico Luchador mockumentary that is going to be dropping. And it's going to be very similar to the uh, 30 for 30 that they did <laughs> on uh, Ric Flair. So this is the following oh press release. God. It was issued to ProWrestling.net to promote Chico El Luchador Scuffling with Shade documentary. <laughs> Chico El Luchador, the greatest professional wrestler of all time, is finally featured in a documentary about his epic rise and tragic fall from grace. <laughs> Following the tradition of Wrestling with Shadows and ESPN's 30 for 30 Ric Flair, Chico El Luchador Scuffling with Shade is the 99.7% true story of Chico's decades-long career. While some might view this as more of a comedy mockumentary, Chico's story is still real to him, damn it. <laughs> It's told by Chico along with pro wrestling stars Sean Waltman, X-Pac, uh, K- Kazushika Okada, tag team champions The Young Bucks, Bullet Club member uh, Marty Skrull, former WWE superstar Johnny Morrison, The King of Dong Style, Joey Ryan, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Juice Robinson, and New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling announcer Kevin Kelly and many more. This is sponsored by DDT Yoga. Chico El Luchador scuffling with shade reveals the truth. Chico losing his mask in a screw job to his jealous arch rival Juanito El Malo. <laughs> Chico El Luchador is executive produced by pro wrestling superstar Rocky Romero. Huh. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Who? 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 says that Chico has always been uh, an inspiration for him? Chico is directed and co-written by Mark Warzeka uh, from Comedy Central and The Second City. So um, Chico was quoted specifically by saying, um, I am proud to say I've never done a job. (laughs) He also said all of my moves are finishing moves. (laughs) And he also wanted everyone to know that he is available for bookings. Um, So this sounds really funny. There's also going to be stories told by Adam Cole, Cody Rhodes, Colt Cabana, and Don Callis as well so Adam Cole yeah that's what it says Adam Cole baby so yeah this is a character that's been featured on being the elite I believe that it's probably Rocky Romero I kind of get a kick out of uh this character and I, I think that this little mini documentary is probably gonna be pretty funny yeah it's gonna be hilarious <laughs> um 
some other news. We've got um, t-shirt sales. Uh, Will Osprey, as well as Switchblade, not not Slingblade, <laughs> Switchblade, Jay White, are both going to have their shirts featured in Hot Topic this coming March. So very shortly. So, Jeremy, it looks like you got some new shirts to buy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to keep the collection growing, man. The Switchblade shirts are actually really cool. I didn't, I didn't get to look at them yet. Yeah, they, they're pretty dope, actually. Like, uh, I wouldn't wear them, but they're pretty cool. Um, <laughs> you want a mark like me? Nah, but they're cool. I, I mean, maybe I don't like Switchblade enough to, like, to like wear it like that, but it, right. his shirt's... It, this is a big deal for both those guys, though, because everyone who's got their shirts in Hot Topic are making tons of money. Yeah. So we had some speculation a few weeks ago about like how much money Osprey could hypothetically be making on the indies. And I mean, his shirts are going on sale. I mean, you buy them all the time. They do. Well, because they're a Bullet Club. I have The only non-Bullet Club one I've bought was the LIJ shirt. Yeah, you got the LIJ shirt. Yeah, but I pretty much have like every version of Bullet Club shirt. I like the Cabron shirt that LIJ has now. Yeah, I've been thinking about getting that. That's a cuss word. I can't like rock I that. That's the only, that's been my hesitation. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian man, you know, trying to live. I can't be out here in these streets with a shirt that says Cabron across the... <laughs> oh my God. Also, speaking of Jay White... Um, I don't know if you guys caught his promo um, following Ring of, or Honor Rising, but this man cut an incredible promo on uh, when he was talking about Kota Ibushi, and he was basically, I mean, did you catch that promo? Which one? Where, where he talked to Kota Ibushi about Kenny Omega. Uh, Jay White? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw somebody tweeted it, yeah. Yeah, it, it's awesome, bro. So he basically, um, after his, the fir- I think it's after the first night, he comes, he's in the back and he's like, you know, Coda, um, you need to be careful. He's like, because this man that you're calling your friend essentially is the same guy. He's like, I, re- I was there. He's like, invasion attack 2015, three years ago. He was like, you'd won the New Japan Cup. You got an opportunity to win your first IWGP World Championship. You were within moments of winning it. And he's like, I was there. I was by ringside. And you know who else was at ringside? Your best friend, Kenny Omega. He's like, don't forget how Kenny how Kenny really is. That's the real Kenny. He's like, he distracted you for one second, and that was more than enough to uh, tarnish your dreams. He's like, he'll do it again. He's going to break your heart. Don't forget what I'm saying. <laughs> and I'm like, this dude's not even in this storyline, bro. Like, this Switchblade character is unreal. Yeah, he's he's one of the most compelling characters in New Japan right now. Yeah, and, like, Rich is out here saying this man's got no swag. He has no idea. Like, this dude's causing, well, like... Well, Rich is the same guy that thinks that New Japan's peaked last year <laughs> so just because that uh, we're not seeing a six star match every uh, event yeah Rich is like man New Japan might have peaked last year I don't see them having five and six star matches right now I'm like have you been watching this it's been fantastic what yeah. are you talking about <laughs> Oh, oh my, my god. god. While while they're on their show and they're covering the freaking elimination chamber and Rusev getting deep pushed and I like I'm like, oh keep that negativity away from me. AJ Styles getting beat on Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. So if you Okay, so you, if you guys are listening, you need to join our group. It is the Wrestling Squared Circle on uh, Facebook. Facebook. We have a, uh, a gimmick that we run every Saturday. It's called Shoot Saturday. And we started having this problem in our group because just like I'm sure none of you have run into this problem, but the IWC can sometimes be kind of negative. 
And we started noticing that throughout the week, people just complained and moaned and like were so negative. It was like really ruining our group. And it's a pretty big group. There's like, you know, 1,200 members right now. Right. And so we came up with this idea. We're like, you know what, guys? If you're going to be like super, super, super negative, hold on to that negativity. Let it fester. And then on Saturdays. <laughs> shoot Saturday. Let, shoot Saturday. Let them fly. Rip them to bits. We're going to shoot from the hip. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we on, on shoot Saturday, we let people just go ham and they just complain about everything that they hate in wrestling. And there's a if you're a WWE fan, there's a lot to complain about. <laughs> Well, I was hanging out with Jeremy, and he made me watch an episode of SmackDown, which I haven't done in, like, months. And I found out that, like, the world champion, AJ Styles, jobbed clean on television to John Cena in a non-title match. Couldn't you imagine if Kazushika Okada was jobbing clean in non—like, he he does— one time a year during the G1 to set up a future title shot. Do you think that this was setting up a future one-on-one match between AJ and John Cena? No. No. And I've also heard that he jobbed to, like, two other dudes this past year. How is your world champion jobbing on national TV for free? That is the stupidest thing I have ever this is what makes me glad that the IWGP championship is held in the esteem that, that it is. That it's not a trinket. It's not it's not a toy. It's not a toy. That you put on top of the Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my, my god. god. So that's kind of a tangent, but yeah, man, like join our group. You you should have seen my rant on this. It was pretty epic. There's lots of people that go off about lots of different things. It's really fun and we have a Yeah, n- normally there's nothing about New Japan and shoot, There's nothing in Shoot Saturday about New Japan. Unless it's positive. It's always positive. It's never negative. Like plus like not everybody in that group follows New Japan anyway. So right. if if it is it's like you or me just being like, "Hey guys, this EG <laughs> match was really good. That's a shoot, brother." <laughs> Oh, man. So, uh, some other news. Um, We got some news from uh, Kenny Omega. Um, He came out with his first comments about facing the Young Bucks this past week. And he also mentioned he was also doing a Twitch feed with um, him and Kota Bushi. They're playing video games and they were answering questions. um, And he was asked if he would ever go to WWE, which I think you've been pretty vocal. You don't think he's going. I don't think he is. And I think he said something about, like, you know, not wanting to be a robot. And that's his thing, man. Like, Kenny, like, you can't script Kenny Omega like he's a guy he loves his creative freedom he's great at putting together matches like you don't need somebody kind of like with their hand in the pot like let him do his thing and I don't think like if he goes to NXT I'm sure Triple H will give him more freedom but Kenny Omega is such a huge star that he shouldn't have to be on NXT he should go straight to the main roster like AJ did and we saw how AJ's run started out. It took AJ a good while for, to like build up like trust of Vince McMahon and let Vince like. But even still, like, look, AJ's the champion. He's freaking losing. Um, you know, getting squ- not squashed, but he's getting beat in non-title matches. Like Kenny Omega sees that, and he's like, hmm. And you know, he sees what they've done with Nakamura and Finn Balor and um, Gallows and Anderson. And he's probably like, you know, the, all those guys are top stars in New Japan, and look how they're being treated. Like all of them, literally all of them. Everybody that they, br- the only guy that they've done anything with that was even substantial is AJ, and even then, they've mistreated him. Right, and it took him a while. I mean, instead of being the title picture at WrestleMania, what was he doing? Wrestling Shane McMahon. Yeah, 
So, I mean, he's sitting in, in previous comments that we've mentioned on the show, you talk about like New Day, like those are like homegrown WWE guys, and like they are not like even to the level what they should be at. Yeah, you make a good point there. I also think. He could be working us, and he's, might, he might. He could, dude. He, dude. Next year's Wrestle Royal Rumble, who's number thirty? Kenny Omega. You think? You think Kenny? I don't. Maybe, maybe we'll see. I think he could be coming to WWE. I still think. That. I don't know. I'm leaning. I think he. Personally, I don't think he's leaving New Japan until he wins the IWGP title. I think he's jobbing Dakota Bushi in the Tokyo Dome, and then he's going on to. Richard Pastures. Yeah. He also said um, earlier this week he was asked about facing the Young Bucks, and he said, as a friend, I'm not sure if I'm ready, but as a team, I promise you the Golden Lovers will be. So that's kind of building towards the big match that we've got going on in Long Beach. Um, some unfortunate news, Hikaleo is out with a knee injury. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I've been like singing his praises about how much he's gotten better. So this is um, kind of sucks for him. That's it's going to like derail like his you know momentum he's been building. And you know, usually when you get injured, it takes you a while like knock off the ring rust and get back to the path that you were on. So hopefully it's a speedy recovery for Hikaleo. I mean, he was getting some good um, airtime with his uh, Gorillas of Destiny brothers and teaming with other Bullet Club guys. Yeah. So, you know, um, that's unfortunate. We hope you get better. Hikaleo, Leo Tonga, whatever they want to call you. Uh, we want to see... Haku says Hikaleo. Then it's Hikaleo. I'm not trying to, you know, start getting heat with Haku, okay? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, like like Haku knows how to like listen to a podcast and like he's tuning in and like hey man, you you seen the podcast numbers <laughs> last couple of weeks, man? Who's to say that if we if we see some New Zealand numbers, that's I'm just gonna assume it's Haku. Like right, I mean they could be playing it in like the uh, Bad Luck Fale Dojo, <laughs> and uh, Haku just happens to walk in and hears us like calling him Leo Tonga and being like, what the hell? <laughs> so um, anniversary shows coming up. I thought that this was extremely funny. I don't know if you saw this about the interview with uh, Naito, or I'm sorry, with uh, Taichi. You told me about it. So in a recent interview with Tokyo Sports, Taichi was, uh, who will face Tetsuya Naito on the New Japan Pro Wrestling 46th anniversary show on March 6th, had a warning for Naito. Taichi, who was about to make his heavyweight debut, called reporters to Naito's favorite family restaurant, <laughs> and he dressed in all... LIJ clothing, which uh, was assumed that he stole from New Japan's headquarters. Uh, this man is on a different level, man. He's like cutting promos, wearing their freaking merch in uh, Naito's like favorite restaurant, and he amb- he ambushed Naito on the February tenth uh, New Beginning in Osaka show. Um, they had words for one another at Takataichi Mania back on January twenty third, and Taichi said he humiliated me in my own ring, so I wanted to do the same thing to him. I always planned on turning heavyweight, thus I decided to take advantage and bring him down. Taichi spoke while eating hamburgers, steak, and pasta. Um, if Tai Chi can steal a win from the two-time uh, f- pro wrestling MVP, it will be a major boost for him. Chai- tai Chi, who said while smiling, I recognize that Naito has fame and skill. 
But if he gets carried away, I'll take advantage. Imagine the leader of the Japan army going down to Suzuki Gun, self-proclaimed second in command. Mm. Hmm. Strong words. Yeah. Taichi claimed, "Don't make, don't mistake me for Naito. I will pay here." Talking about, uh, we talked about this last uh, month. But Naito, was it Naito and Sonata? Naito and Sonata left Tokyo Sports with the bill. Yeah. So he said, uh, you know, don't make a mistake here. He's like, I'm not Naito. I'm going to pay for this. And it is known that Naito made Taichi pay for meals during their days in Mexico. So he was kind of like his young boy, basically. Yeah. However, as the reporters were heading for the exit, they overheard Taichi telling the cashier, I'm Tetsuya Naito from New <laughs> Japan. Can you please send the bill to the address on this business card? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my so god! This is an awesome like little storyline. Uh, I think like the the stuff they I miss like the days where they used to forward storylines in the magazines like here like the after mags and stuff. Yeah, they don't really do that anymore. But it's still going strong in New Japan, so I'm I'm glad to see that. And I mean, this man's out here wearing the freaking Lij gear and eating at this dude's restaurant. They they should have just filmed this and, and like aired it on New Japan World because right. I, I would have loved to see this. Yeah. So that was interesting. So the last two bits of, of news, pretty big. We've got um, the official dates for Best of Super Juniors and the first uh, official information about Dominion tickets. And um, let me see here. One thing that's very interesting, they're actually moving the finals and the tur- and the opener for the tournament to Cork and Hall for Best of the Super Juniors this year. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. So the dates have been uh, announced that um, – the tournament starts with two days in Cork and Hall for Best of the Super Juniors. This is on May 18th and May 19th. And then uh, from there, they're going to have shows in uh, Shizuoka, Tokyo, Shiga, Osaka, Aichi for two nights, Tojigi, Fukushima, Aomori, Guma before re- uh, returning to Korokin for the finals on June 4th. So we've got the tournament from May 18th to June 4th. And it looks like we're getting – how many nights is that? Um... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen nights. So it's a thirteen night wow. tournament, and uh, you know this is always you know the, the highlight for the juniors in the junior division every single year. Uh, there's going to be more details about the event lineups and ticket sales, but um, this event is being brought to us by uh, Fire Pro Wrestling World. So uh, they're going to be the ones that are officially kind of sponsoring it. So this is pretty exciting news. You know, we knew that this was coming, but I mean, we, we kind of have an idea of the days. It is interesting, though, that they're like elevating the tournament by having like they're having three of the nights in Corkin, which is a big deal. They don't yeah. usually do that. And I don't think they usually do the finals in Corkin. So kind of moving the, uh, the finals there is a big deal. And then we have the first details set for Dominion and Osaka Joe Hall. Um, I think you got that right, Jeremy. Yes. So the date and venue for Dominion 2018 has been decided. It will be on Saturday, June 9th and will be in the historic Osaka Joe Hall. Um, remember last year's show, we had that 60-minute draw between Okada and Omega. It was just an awesome match. So, you know, Dominion, I mean, it's one of the biggest uh, New Japan shows of the year. I think it's like their SummerSlam to me. Yeah. Unless you think the G1 Finals is, but to me... Like, no, I, I think Dominion's like the SummerSlam. Yeah. So, yeah, June 9th, 4 p.m., JST. That's Come awesome. On. So... So we got the first details on that. And then we're going to leave you with this last little bit because the New Japan Cup is coming up. Um, Kevin Kelly uh, was tweeting out this past week. He said that he's going to be at Strong Style Evolved. 
which is kind of cool. Um, he was there last year, and so was Don Callis. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be calling the show. But I think the fact that he was tweeting about being there, I'm like still holding out hope. Do they make it a three-man booth? Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, that seems to be the thing that would make the most sense to do because they struggled last year with uh, with JR and, and Josh Barnett. I understand why they're still using Jim Ross for access. It makes sense because of his connection to the Attitude Era right. and the type of American fan that they're trying to draw. There's nostalgia there and there's familiarity, whereas like most people probably don't know uh, you know, Kevin Kelly, you know, I mean, like there's no nostalgia there, but the fact of the matter is he's better than both those guys. And if he was on the show, it would just, it would do nothing but yeah, benefit. He, he could help walk those guys through. Yeah. So, um, he'll be there, but the last bit of, uh, news, and this is what we want to leave you guys with. Kevin Kelly tweeted that there's going to be English commentary every single night of the new Japan cup, all night, all nine shows. Yes. So there was we had speculation because they they came out with a list and said that only like five of the shows were English, which I was like thrilled about. I was like, wow, we're getting five nights of English and and four of Japanese. That's cool. I I, I didn't expect them to do that many nights of English commentary, and they're doing nine nights according to Kevin Kelly. I mean, we could be wrong here, but that's we're just going based on what he tweeted out. He said that they're doing nine nights. Right. I don't know. I mean, I think you and I are both like in the camp where like we can watch this in Japanese and be fine. Right. But it is it's good to have the English. It's good to have the English just to kind of like help you to understand the storylines. But not only that, for like the, the, the new New Japan fans who are just getting acclimated and just coming to understand. Right. It really helps them. And plus Don Cowles is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, to, for them to expand into English speaking parts of the world, which is a large portion of the world. This is awesome. So that's pretty much that's gonna do it. That's all I've got for the news. Right. So next week we will have uh, the review for the anniversary show, yeah, as well as the latest New Japan Cup coverage. So thank you again for downloading and listening to another week of Keeping It Strong Style. Make sure you connect with us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jeremy L. Donovan. You can follow the show at KI Strong Style. Follow Social Suplex at Social Suplex on Facebook or Facebook.com forward slash Social Suplex. You can check out our exclusive membership group, The Wrestling Squared Circle, Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Wrestling Squared Circle. Um, you can also find us on Reddit. On Reddit, I am the pro black guy. Josh is keeping it strong style. Make sure you check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We have One Nation Live, One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boy. We have the SMC Wrestling Podcast with Caleb Rance and Carl. And then we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, hosted by Ricky and Clive in Scotland. And I think we might be having some new additions coming to the show very shortly, so keep your eyes and ears peeled for that as well. Right. we're growing. Yes. The the network is growing. Our show is growing. So don't forget to subscribe to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice. Leave us a rating and review. Until next time, goodbye and good night. Bang. 
Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. See you next time. See you next What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.